Um, so inside of the reactor, everybody is like petting Picasso, and Jerry's kid, who doesn't have a name, um, is a bigot because he's like, um, Nels shouldn't pet dogs. <laughs> I don't think, uh, to be honest, I don't think Picasso cares who pets her. No. I think Picasso just likes pets. So hey, Jerry's kid, stuff it. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Hour the Hundred podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. Am I? I haven't been a drama instructor for several months. Yeah. Oh well. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas. I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Our fun fact for this episode is what is your favorite Bellamy moment? Um, I feel like I probably have a lot of Bellamy moments until this season. Bellamy was one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And so I think like the one that came to me immediately mm-hmm. was up in uh, on the arc when um, he like tackled or Murphy tackled him and he was telling him that he isn't worthless and oh, isn't like useless or whatever. I just like got the feeling that he just like cared for his friends and family so much. Mm-hmm. Even Murphy, which is just, like, really sweet, and I'm sad. Yeah. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Um, I also thought of several uh, Bellamy moments that I quite enjoy, but the one that came to my mind first was when predictably, when he teamed up with Abby in season four to open the bunker door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really liked Bellamy in that episode, mm-hmm. like, a lot. Yeah. This had unfortunate uh, vibes mm-hmm. from that episode yeah. in the end of this one. Mm-hmm. So today we have words to say about episode 713 of The 100. It's called Blood Giant. I think that's literally just about the Red Sun toxin. I, like, right? Yeah, and, um, and blood. And blood. <laughs> yeah. It's strange that they called it Blood Giant when, like, the only giant that we've really been talking about is the Crystal Giants, and I don't think that those go together at all. No. You know? So, whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, like, it, it's clearly supposed to refer to the the sun. Yeah. But I also assume it's supposed to refer to, um, to, to Bellamy yeah. dying, sure. I guess. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go into thoughts from listeners. Um, we've got quite a few, uh, this time, so, uh, let's get started. So on SoundCloud, we got a few, um, comments. Um, two of these comments are from my mom. Um, and she said that, I think they said they found the anomaly stone when they went looking for Clark and company. They showed him the photo from Maddie's sketchbook and that was, and said that was the only thing they found. So that's just like how they found the anomaly stone. Um, cause I had been like, how did they find that? Right. Um, and she also said, I think keeping Raven has to do with fixing the flame as well, but it also adds a bit more tension because Nikki wants to kill her. I totally forgot about that. Obviously that happens, like the, not that happens this episode, but, um, that comes to a head this episode. Um, and it's interesting that Raven literally has nothing to do with, uh, with fixing the flame. Uh, we also got another comment from Paulina who said, Hope couldn't work the helmet when trying to get Octavia and Dio. So the first time she was on Bardo, maybe it's a smart people thing. So yeah, that's a good point that the first time she was on, she really couldn't figure it out. But I assume, and I guess she didn't get through a whole lot of training before they like cast her out, I guess. So maybe she still doesn't know how to use it. Um, and then we have a Twitter DM from Joanna. Different Joanna than we usually bring up, but a Joanna. 
all the same. And uh, she said, hey guys, I know someone probably answered this by now. <laughs> they didn't, so uh, <laughs> good job. Uh, but in your last 100 episode, you asked about Murphy saying, I'm starting to miss being a live coward. This line bothered me so much too. I have a guess, but I'm struggling to make sense of it. I think they're referring to season five when Dioza tried to kill Raven and Murphy by telling Shaw to open the ship doors. Instead of hitting the switch to kill Dioza's people like they were told to, Murphy comes up with the plan to open the pods to force Dioza to save them and her people. Dioza calls them cowards for this move, and as she's walking away, Shaw comments that they are live cowards, as in they were cowards for being too afraid to put all those deaths on their hands, but they figured out a way to stay alive. I still don't fully understand this, though, because Murphy didn't hear him say that? Also, what does this have anything to do with knocking out Nikki? Is it because this move saves her and puts them in more danger of getting killed? I'm not sure if this tracks. Anyway, I could be totally wrong here. If you have the correct answer or something better, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I, d I think this is it. I think that's 100% it. And the writers, it has to be. The writers didn't, don't ever think about the context of another character having to hear it mm -hmm. to use the right. their own inside joke. But yeah, I think that's 100% it. The, the thing is that like usually when they make like some sort of like callback to a line, it's usually like a line that they know has like made some sort of statement. You know what I mean? I, I haven't heard that line since watching the episode, you know? So like, it's just a strange line for them to call back to when like nobody talks about it. Yeah, it didn't make any impact. Um, Clearly it didn't make any sense to most of us because yeah. we didn't remember that line. So it was a really strange decision to make, but... um. But I think you got it. I think that has to be it. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Also, if it was Murphy and Raven who were there, even though Murphy apparently didn't even hear it, Murphy's talking to Amori. Wouldn't Amori also be like, what? <laughs> right? Right. I don't know. Um, and then we also got um, a couple of emails. Now, this is when it kind of, this is when it goes a little, uh, a little dark. So uh, stay with us here. This is where we head south. Yeah, this is where we head south. Um, so... First of all, and I think you'll be able to tell as soon as I tell you what the subject of this email is that um, our friend Katie sent to us. You guys might remember Katie's been sending us emails periodically throughout the um, season and they're always like so great and insightful. Mm -hmm. um, and she sent us an email with the subject line, my thoughts on the sad shell of what was once a great show. <laughs> Yeah. So I relate. I relate. Yeah. Um, but I want to read them out for you because um, I think it's important to talk about. So Katie said, I have a bunch of thoughts to share since I haven't been able to write for the last few weeks. It's been hard to watch this season, I'll be honest. Your critique of this season has been remarkably spot on. Thank you. Um, why this plot now? In the final season, why throw in all these new characters and new concepts they don't have time to flesh out or pay off? Clark is my favorite character. I watch the show largely for her and it is or was her story we've been following for the most part. It's almost insulting to the story, the character, and the actress how little Clark we've seen this season. This should have been the resolution of Clark's struggle to reconcile the decisions she's made to bring her people to where they are now, not trying to introduce a whole new mythology with no time for exploration or resolution. My thoughts on Dioza's death. I think Dioza's death did serve a purpose in terms of the greater story as well as Hope's arc. Dioza wanted to redeem herself in her daughter's eyes. I believe she sacrificed herself not just to save Hope's soul, not letting her kill the Bardoans, but in a way to repent for her past in front of her daughter. She had never shared certain parts of her past with Hope because she didn't want her daughter to think of her as a killer, even though her motives at the time were just that whole pesky perspective thing. When Hope learned of her terrorist past, her mother was knocked off a pedestal hard. I think Dioza wanted to show her daughter that she wasn't the terrorist Hope thought she was, that no matter what you've done in the past, you can do the right thing when it needs to be done. You can still be a good person at heart, regardless of your past deeds. I see this as a parallel to Clark's journey. 
So pausing for a second, I definitely agree um, that this is mostly about Hope's arc. But yeah. like, as much as I love Hope this season, and they've mm-hmm. convinced me to love Hope all throughout the season, sure. Um, who's Hope even? Right. You know, I just like what, like you were saying before, Katie, the whole thing about like bringing in new characters and new plots in the very last season for why? Yeah. You know, like Hope has kind of she's been like around and she's been like a concept. Um, since season five. Yeah. So, like, I know that she's important, but it's just, like, why do we kill off Dioza for for Hope when we literally just really met her this season, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, I don't know. If this were a, a first season of a new show or even, like, a middle season of this show, I, it would, I would be like, okay, sure. But I don't, I don't know. It's just, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So continuing on with Katie's email, and remember this was also um, sent before uh, the episode that we are talking about today. My thoughts on Bellamy. I'm not a Bellamy fan, so his turn to a brainwashed automaton isn't particularly upsetting to me. What is upsetting is how it's affecting the narrative. Will he redeem himself yet again before the end of the season? Maybe. But with so few episodes left, even if he does, it's hard to imagine we get to a satisfying conclusion with his character, or will be given enough time to appreciate his journey this season. It's a shame. And his story is interwoven with three other big characters, Clark, Octavia, and Echo, so his crappy story arc is muddling up theirs. Boo. Precursor to a controversial opinion. I'm not a shipper, I don't watch television shows for the ships, I'm just not built that way, but I understand that there are many, many people out there who do. I generally stay away from that part of fandom due to the ship wars and the toxicity that comes from them. It's sad to see such a generally cool and engaging show be reduced by its fans to a divisive and nasty conflict factory. I agree with that whole thing. <laughs> and this is her um, uh, controversial opinion. And to be honest, I'm, I wouldn't consider it controversial in my mind. Yeah. My ideal ending is Clark in no romantic relationship, at least on screen. I don't like the notion that being in a romantic relationship is the be-all end-all for a character, especially a female one. It seems to say that the only way to get a happy ending is if you're with someone else, meaning it's not okay if you end up by yourself. Jumping out again uh, really quickly, um, that's kind of something that I like to kind of advocate for Mm -hmm. because I identify as asexual, like I've said, and um, even though I do have romantic attraction, which means I would love to be in a relationship someday, (laughs) um, it's still, I think it's important to consider that um, characters can be alone, you know, And, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't make them boring. Um, which is what was so disappointing about, you know, Abby last season is that they killed her off just because Kane wasn't around anymore. Exactly. Um, and it's important to, to keep your characters and let them be alone because if your character isn't interesting when they're not in a relationship, I think that's some self-reflection that you need to do. Yeah. Because I think that might be your fault. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, 100%. Your character has to be able to stand alone. And that's important. Yeah. And I like, think that Clark can, which is why I also want this. Like, and we're not saying anything against being in a relationship either. Like, of course. that's 100% great. And, mm-hmm. like, I like to watch characters fall in love all the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, you need to have both. Yeah. So, jumping back into um, Katie's email, she has a spoiler for the recent Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman movies. So, um, if you haven't seen them slash are planning on seeing them, um, feel free to just skip ahead a little bit. One of the things I loved most about the movie is that there was no romantic interest for the lead female protagonist. She was her own character throughout the entire film. I really wish Wonder Woman would have done that. 
Defining a character even partially through his or her romantic relationship does a disservice to that character, potentially removing complexity and even a narrative dimension. I also feel it sets a potentially damaging precedent to the impressionable audience that one must end up paired up romantically in order to have a happy and fulfilling life. I wish Clark all the happiness, rest, and peace in the world because she, more than any other character I've known, has earned it. And of course I want her to find love if that's what she wants. I just don't want it to be the focus of her character conclusion. I don't think that that's controversial at all. I think that is great. I'm sickened to say that I'm looking forward to this show being over so I won't have to watch how much of a train wreck it has become. I'm actually sad that I wrote that sentence, but one of the things that's getting me through is knowing that sometime in the future, the aficionados will be covering seasons one to three, and that's something I'm seriously looking forward to. And that's partially due to the return of Brittany. I think you three have great podcast chemistry and truly enjoy listening to your other podcasts. I'm one of those who don't watch Riverdale but listen to the podcast, and while it's admittedly kind of weird, getting the plot and story throughout your voices make it much more entertaining, and I think I would, then I think I would find the show itself. You're my mystery science theater 3000 for Riverdale. Keep up the great work and stay huge, <laughs> friends. What an honor. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. <laughs> One thing that we would like to say uh, in that regard, um, yes, we are still planning on doing the first three seasons. Um, maybe not in the way that you're expecting, though. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. An um, illusion of mystery. However, also in uh, regards to Brittany, uh, she has decided not to come back for like as a full host, um, but she is still going to come back for certain episodes. So at least there's that. <laughs> She'll be here sometime. Yeah, we can offer that to you. So um, yeah. Thank you so much to Katie for that email. Our email is aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we also got an another email from AJ. And he wrote us a really lovely email. And he just started listening. So, hi, AJ. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry it's under these circumstances, but here we are. Um... <laughs> Thank you so much for writing us this email. I'm going to read it out right now. Hey guys, I just want to start off saying that I love your podcasts. I found you while waiting for other podcasts to post their 712 reviews. I listened to yours and went back to listen to all of season seven and I thought it was hilarious. I love your structure and it really helps put some love back in a show that sadly has been going downhill for a few years. It's still my favorite show, but it does get hard to take seriously at times. I also went on and just started listening to your Lost podcast. <laughs> Wow. And I'm, I bet he's having a great time. And I'm only on the 103-104 episode, but I love it just as much because Lost is also in my top five favorite shows. So thank you for keeping the show alive 10 years later. Wow, the taste really jumped out. Am I going to talk about Lost this episode, Sam? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I have a tiny theory that really doesn't mean much, but I thought I'd share. For a few episodes in season seven, you would comment on the fact that people on Bardo use last names, but we don't know any first names. My theory is because they don't technically have families, what if they only have one name? Like Anders was just Anders and so on. Which could be why Bill keeps saying, call me Bill, because he doesn't want to be connected to his family name now that his family is gone. Sure, he did that in the prequel, but I still find it interesting. Um, yeah, I agree. And, um, we get a new disciple name, which is Kelly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ooh, is that a first name? I don't think so. I think that's a last name. I knew somebody with a last name, Kelly, in, in school. Oh, for sure. So. I think, I think now with this theory that he's probably correct, mm -hmm. because I feel like it's a first name, last name situation. Yeah. And you just, they just have one name. Right. Oh, his first name is Disciple. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, you know how, like, <laughs> Uh, people have the first name, last name situation yeah. where it's like Smith. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know? Except that's their only name. Yeah. Right. Which is why they call Gabriel Gabriel and they call Bellamy Bellamy because like, I don't know, it's not really like a first name, last name thing. It's just like, that's your that's name. Your that's your only, only name. name. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Disciple Blake. 
Here's my thing. Is that ever going to be brought up in the show, especially with only three episodes left? Absolutely not. But it's fun to, like, theorize these sort of, like, world-building things anyway. Are we ever going back to Bardo? I don't think so. (laughs) Are we ever even going back to Sanctum? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we're 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 going going back back, to Sanctum. We're going to see Sanctum's coming back to us. Yeah, true. Um, Going back into the email. Also, where the hell is Gaia? I swear, if we don't get a reveal soon, or at least Clark asking about her in the next episode, I'm going to lose it. Uh, I got good news on both counts. My theory is that she was sent to Earth with the mystery person. We find out Earth is livable and Gaia does the opposite of Bellamy's episode and turns the person away from the cult. And then poof, the rest of the B-team show up there because they didn't go to Sanctum. Genius, brilliant. I think that it's 100% true. Yeah. But yeah, I love your podcast. I can't wait to finish off the season and we'll definitely come back when you guys do seasons one to three. Thanks for what you do, AJ. Um, AJ, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Hey guys, so um, there were some emails that we ended up getting um, after we had finished recording, um, and the emails are about this episode. So if there's anything that you um, don't agree with that we say or anything, stay tuned um, for the emails at the end um, that I'm going to read out. Maybe your voice will be heard then, and uh, if not, feel free to send us an email yourself at aficionadospodcast.gmail.com, and we'll read it out for the next episode. All right. Listen, I appreciate all of you guys so much because, to be perfectly honest, if you guys weren't so vocal about wanting us to do seasons one to three, it wouldn't be happening. Yeah. I don't even know, like, how I'm going to feel going back because today I was literally just, like, watching the episode last night, I was like, okay, like, this might as well happen. You know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, I don't care. And I'm thinking, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. I finished my notes and everything and I'm going and I'm making myself lunch and I'm just like, wait. And I was, like, remembering, and I was like, wait, I'm sad now. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I literally wasn't sad. Yeah. <laughs> for, like, 16 hours. And yeah. now I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah. So. That's completely fair. Yeah. But. That's, yeah. We've been, like, just so actively let down this season, and, like, now I'm not even, like, afraid to say it. Yeah. Because uh, originally I was, like, afraid to be, like, too critical of it, because I know that's not what people come to us for. Yeah. They come to us for a positive safe section of the fandom and so we didn't want to be super negative yeah but it's hard not to be when this is what they're doing yeah to characters that we love so I'm, I'm excited to go back to the first three seasons I think that's when the show was its best and I think that we're finally going to be able to talk about you know the show that we love it's been a really long time since we've been able to been able to like really talk about it like that and I think when we when we do go back, it'll be important for us and for the people listening to just completely ignore the mm-hmm. absolute garbage that has been talk the last two that. seasons. Yeah. Like we're, it's because thinking about what happens to these characters in the context of what happened to these characters is just makes it that much more difficult to go back. So I feel like we're just really gonna have to like separate it off and like. The podcasts that we've done so far from, like, four to seven are a separate show from the podcasts that we'll be doing for three through one. I, I, and I don't, but I don't want to say that they're spoiler free. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, I think that we're probably, we're not, we're going to try to, like, focus on the episode that we've been given and the episode that we are talking about. Yeah. But, um, you know, if we end up being like, ooh, this is foreshadowing to season four, then, like, we're definitely going to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike our last podcast, which is spoiler free. So if you want to check that out, you should. (laughs) Um, I'm just saying when we go back and talk about like Abby and Bellamy mm -hmm. and all these people who are dead, um, we'll try to avoid thinking about the fact that they're dead. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to do that, especially like, like one of the things that you were saying, I think, 
I, okay, so it's no it's no surprise, it's no secret. Bellamy died at the end of this episode, yeah. and he wasn't redeemed at all. You know, um, I was hoping at least he would be a little bit redeemed before he died, um, but he wasn't. It and, wasn't a good death in any way. You know, we were all so betrayed by the death of Abby and the death of Cain. Cain's death ended up being literally for nothing, and then Abby got killed because Cain wasn't around. But you were saying earlier to me that at least Abby and Cain still, like, loved each other and, like, yeah. confessed how much they loved each other and had, like, a really beautiful moment together before they died. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me so sad about... Sorry. This is the first time that's I'm okay. crying about it. That's okay. <laughs> that happened to me when we did the podcast last year about Kate and Abby. Like, it's It's okay. like when you were like, oh, our favorite or our fun fact should be, what's your favorite Be- Bellamy moment? And I was, like, just thinking back and I was like... He would never do this. No. What happened here? Like, Clark wouldn't have done this either. Like, this is not these this is not the characters that we fell in love with. This is not the show that we fell in love with. This is a different show, and it was written out of spite for God knows what reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just really sad, especially like thinking about um the six years that they spent on the arc together, especially like seeing Imori be so happy to see Bellamy this episode was like such a huge reality check. Like she just didn't, she didn't know. Yeah. Like there were several little space crew interactions in this episode and it was just like really harsh in my opinion, like juxtaposed with what is about to happen and what happened to Bellamy this season. And just like they were a family and like they had reasons to care about each other and now now what like what was it all for nothing yeah we've said this before but i just like i would be more okay with it if he had been on etheria for longer even if he had just been on etheria for those three months but he had started his journey with the shepherd at the beginning of those three months Mm -hmm. sure okay that's three months or whatever but he was praying to the shepherd for like Maybe two days. Maybe. And he has completely gone against every single person he's ever loved in his entire life. Yep. And and actively tells Echo and Murphy to their faces that this is worth just letting them go. Yep. And I don't... It's You've spent, like, half your life with these people. I don't... I just don't... And, and okay, so let's let's redeem him right at the end. You know, let's have him... Like, die for Clark, or, like... Or the Red Sun talks and gets to him, and he's just like, wait, what am I even doing? I thought it would be great, personally, if if nobody else could talk him out of it, but as soon as he talks to Murphy is when it's like, oh, you're right, I am being a jerk. Because Murphy, the ultimate jerk, thinks I'm being a jerk, you know? And then that's, like, that could have been, like, the moment or something. I don't know, I just... This is embarrassing. Yeah. Like, for the show. Yeah. I'm embarrassed for it's, them. It's bad. Like, I I still hate Kane and Abby's ending. Like, yeah. I still think it's crap writing. But this is worse. Like, yeah. this is so much worse. And I didn't think it could get worse, but it did. Like, they literally have Clark kill Bellamy for no reason. And like I was angry in season six that Kane's death is immediately invalidated by... Abby just being able to make more Nightblood and and making more Nightblood willingly instead of, like, whatever. Bellamy's death is also immediately invalidated because, like, literally in the trailer, we see Shade Hedda come through the the portal or whatever. Go ahead. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk on the pod, you gotta come over here. You gotta come over here. Sorry, dude, this is where the mic is. 
I said that I was just coming to say that it honestly would have been better if Bellamy had been shot by a stray bullet of Clark's. Because one, it would have paralleled Lexa, and two, it wouldn't have assassinated Clark's character at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then it and but and then it would have also paralleled Hope accidentally killing Dioda. Yeah. But like and it could have she could have destroyed the book, which is her goal here. Mm-hmm. But like it's pointless. It's pointless. Um, we're gonna I don't want to rant about this for two hours with you. <laughs> like I love you so much, but we've I don't wanna do this. I love you so much and that is why I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go ahead and just get started and try and, you know what, honestly, just zoom through it because I'm, I don't, I know that you guys want to hear us complain, but I've been complaining <laughs> for a while and I'm tired. So I'm going to recap the entire episode real quick right here, um, just in case for uh, all the people who are listening to this who haven't seen the episode. And that way we can talk about the whole episode as we're talking. All right, here we go. Shade Hedda asks the newbies to kneel or die, and Cadigan instead has all of his people kill all of Shade Hedda's. He has Shade Hedda stabbed and gets him to announce to the rest of Sanctum that they shouldn't leave their houses. Inside the reactor, everyone is hungry and worried about the people outside. Cadigan and Co. go off to get the flame, but Cadigan has Clark go off alone to grab it for some reason. They keep Raven and Murphy hostage to ensure that she'll come back. Gabriel tries to help Shade Hedda, who is tied up with Indra, but may not be able to. He begins to feel the effect of the red sun toxin, which is seeing Josie. She tells him not to tell anyone, but he immediately does. Murphy and Raven catch up while Cadigan tells Bellamy that he's special and good and pats him on the head. <laughs> Gabriel makes an announcement that, yo, we need to evacuate real quick here. Cadigan thinks it might be Clark's plan, but it isn't. Bellamy says they should head to the reactor because Clark is going to go to Maddie. Inside the reactor, they're safe because it's airtight, but not for long because Knight is trying to break down the door. Nikki takes Jerry hostage so she can get out, but they can't open the door or they'll die. Imori shuts the power down, including the force field, which turns off the lights and lets in the bugs. While it's dark, Luca knocks out Nikki like a champ. Jackson does some doctoring, and Gabriel shows up to get the red sun toxin. They're running low, but they can make more. He insists that Jackson take the only dose because he's used to working under the influence. Josie spends the whole episode trying to get him to behave selfishly, but Gabriel refuses to help Cadigan. Outside the reactor, the bugs kill Knight and company. Cadigan and everyone show up, including Clark. They get inside the reactor, and everyone reunites. However, Raven's got some bad memories coming up. Clark gives Cadigan the flame because that was the deal. The disciples start turning against each other because of the toxin. Indra and Shade Hedda are tied up together, speaking in trig. Indra's trying to cut off their bindings while also hallucinating her mother. Maddie tells Clark about her visions, and Clark tells her to keep it to herself. <laughs> I think that's- I genuinely thought that, that scene was so funny, where she was like, Clark, I have something to tell you, and Clark was like, shut up. Don't tell anybody about that, and no one cares. Amori reunites with Bellamy, who is cold to her. It's sad. Raven turns the power back on, but the pipe that Hatch fixed bursts again. She goes in and tightens it herself. She's surprised by Nikki, who's going to kill her. First, she wants her to admit what she did. Raven cries and is really regretful, so Nikki leaves her, saying she deserves to live with what she's done. As she leaves, Clark, Murphy, and Amori run in to comfort her. Shade had a taunts Indra with how he defeated Tree Crew on Earth, which is weird because don't you want her help? <laughs> Indra breaks free and kills all the guards but one. The last one goes ghost mode and she can't find them. Shade Hedda helps her and she kills them. She hallucinates her mother kneeling to Shade Hedda and asking him to spare Indra. Jackson and Gabriel come in and administer antitoxin to her. Shade Hedda tries to get Indra to spare him and she does. She wants him to bleed out and die here. Jackson and Gabriel promise not to help him. Cadigan enters and Gabriel explains how he can repair the flame. He starts doing it but then changes his mind. He shoots the flame, now completely destroyed, and takes Cadigan hostage. Doucette tries to stop him and Clark shoots him. Bellamy is upset about this, but not about anything else. <laughs> Raven turns the stone on using the helmet, but only Cadigan knows the code to the offline planet, Earth. Clark forces him to enter it and he does. Nearly everyone we still care about goes through the anomaly to Earth, but Clark won't let Bellamy through. She's going to leave him on Sanctum. She lets Cadigan through, but then Shade Hedda tells Bellamy about Maddie's book. 
Bellamy's going to share it with everyone to save the shepherd, and Clark can't let him do that, so she shoots him in the heart, and Bellamy dies. Clark goes through the anomaly, and the episode ends. So that's what happened. It was bad. Also, like, I feel like, like, the first half hour of this episode was kind of interesting, Mm -hmm. because it was the first time anything had happened all season, (laughs) but, and then it just gets bad. But also, like, oh, God. All right, let's do it. Okay, so first of all, Shadehead doesn't recognize Gabriel um, because obviously Gabriel thinks it's Russell and it's not. Um, but he is supposed to have Russell's memories. Like throughout this whole season, he's like had Russell's memories. Yeah, so. like he's been using uh, okay. Russell's memories to gain power. But okay, this sure. is <laughs> a lot of this episode is um, how we cover Riverdale, uh, which we kind of started at the beginning of this season, <laughs> but like didn't really get back to. Um, it's Riverdale, but the way that we cover Riverdale is sometimes we literally are just like, okay, so then they said this, this, and this, and the reason why that's contradicted is because this this and this last season and then we all go okay (laughs) oh well and then we just move on and that's kind of just what we have to do can you imagine gabriel coming in and like seeing russell and being like why do you look like that (laughs) um and raven says i guess they found shade had code you had thought on thoughts on that i i just think this is dumb still Mm -hmm. it wasn't clear at the end of season six where his code went Mm -hmm. because they were in the spaceship bluetooth and as far as we know the spaceship is still on Earth, mm-hmm. and then in in the first episode of, or sorry, not on Earth, still orbiting this planet. Yeah. And as far as we know, there's no like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So like the computer down here was not connected to the spaceship, and at no point did Shade Hedda or did Russell plug himself into mm. anything. They didn't find the code. Shade Hedda just showed up in someone's mind. Like magic. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense, and it's dumb, and it's bad. I dislike Cadigan as a character, but I'm really, I really enjoyed him this episode just, like, being so ridiculously confident, and for what reason? (laughs) Like, I love the part where he's like, kneel or die, and Cadigan's like, no, no, that's okay. And then, like, later, like, he, (laughs) he, he, he's so confident that it's funny, I think. This is where we get the, the phrase, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Literally. Like, Truly. Um, Cadigan also uses the word tribalism twice this episode. Do we need to? No. Stop. Like, what was the point? Why? Don't do that. We get it. You, you're racist. (laughs) So Murphy got a little bit hurt in the everybody gets shot thing. And Raven and Clark run to him because, um, that's just my rights. Thank you so much. They love him. They do. They they do. (laughs) Um, Murphy's like, I'm fine, but, like, what is that? He's talking about Bellamy. He's like, what the heck is that? Um, they immediately bring up Gaia, which is good. Because we were kind of waiting for that. It's like about time. And Murphy is allowed to go free with them and be a hot, well, not technically free, but he's allowed to be, like, a hostage with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but Indra, I guess, looked like she was aligned with Shade Hedda, so that's why she is restrained with Shade Hedda. Right. Um, Also, I'm sure they're more afraid of Indra because... No offense to Murphy or Richard, but I, if you're going to look no, at this- No, he said earlier this season, listen, I'm baby, I need help. I was about to say, if you're going to look at this badass black woman mm-hmm. and this, like, tiny little twink, yeah. then <laughs> which one are you going to be afraid of? Yeah. Um, so Shade had to get stabbed, and Cadigan's like, I'm not trying to steal your throne. He doesn't care that Sanctum is being ruled by a monster. Like, he doesn't care. He, he, He's like, I, yeah. I need my thing, my thing and go. You're, like, torturing all of these people and being, like, a dictator? I don't care. I just want my thing. Like, he genuinely does not care at all. Yeah. He's just like, I need a clear path 
to get in and get out. Mm-hmm. And if you just tell your people to shut up and, like, stop bugging me, mm-hmm. then I won't kill you. And he says that he doesn't want to see anybody. Um, and that I think he just stole that rule from Clark when she was on Bardo. She said, I don't want to see one guard. Yeah. Lose them. Um, so inside of the reactor, everybody is, like, petting Picasso, and Jerry's kid, who doesn't have a name, um, is a bigot, because he's like, um, Nels shouldn't pet dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the Prime's dog. How dare you? How Can dare I just you? say, uh-huh. I'm devastated that Picasso didn't go through the portal. <gasps> oh no, Picasso that's, wasn't on my list! That's the only, uh, character that I care about that got left behind. Right. And, uh, I'm sad about it. Yeah. Maybe Russell will bring her. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be great. I don't think, uh, to be honest, I don't think Picasso cares who pets her. No. I think Picasso just likes pets. So, hey, Jerry's kid, stuff it! <laughs> yeah. So everybody's really hungry because Jackson can't get in to feed them. So that kind of answers one of the questions that I had last episode, which is like everyone. <laughs> and Maury's like, I'm going to irradiate this place. The only person I care about on the outside is Murphy. And also Jackson, who's feeding us. Like, I'm just sure. furious. I'm just picturing Jackson furiously like baking bread. Yeah. <laughs> all last, all the entire time he's been gone. He's mm-hmm. just been baking bread that he can't bring to them now. I really, I really want the whole like bread thing. The fact that it's always bread. To be a reference to the fact that Suchin wants to be Aladdin. Like, I really want that to be a reference to that. I don't know if it is, but Suchin really wants to be Aladdin. Oh, for sure. So then Jerry says, John Murphy will think of something. Why full name? Why? Why is this a thing? I, the whole reason that we thought this whole thing with Jerry was happening was because Jerry was going to, like, sacrifice himself for Murphy or something. Like, Murphy was going to be, like, about to die and Jerry was going to come in and sacrifice himself or something. And now, like, that's been completely... So, like, what was the point of Jerry, even? I, the, the moral of the story is there is no point to anything. Like, none of the show meant anything. Right. Um, so then Maddie's like, hey, no offense, Imori, but we're kind of screwed if we're depending on Murphy. And the Imori that I know <laughs> would be like, I know, but hey. No. She'd be like, she'd be like, no, I'm proud of him. I think he does a good job and he's very capable and you should know that. Yeah. But instead, Imori goes, um, <laughs> well. Uh, uh, what are you, no, what are you doing? Stop. Uh, this is not, this is not the memory that I know. Like, no. all season, Amori's been saying, like, backhanded compliments to Murphy. <laughs> and, like, I think that the writers want us to think that it's romantic. And, like, they, the, like, wants us to think that, like, she's being nice to him. But, like, really, when it boils down to it, she's not very nice to him. And that's weird because that's really out of character for her. Yeah. It, she loves Murphy. Yeah. Huh? Why? Why is this happening? Like, inside jokes between the two of them, sure, I get mm. it. But this like, is Like, stand up for him. Like, it's just not good. Like, they... Yeah. They've only used them for, like, oh, we only have one couple left. Time mm-hmm. to make them have sex every week. And I'm yeah. like, stop. Or almost. They oh. keep, like, Ugh. whatever. So, um, Cadigan mentions that the castle is burned. So the castle is burned, but everyone just still <laughs> hangs out in it. Um, and he says that it's a city surrounded by garbage dumpsters. What? I, uh, I think it's the shipping crates. Right. That they, like, built everything else. Okay. Out of, but, like. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure, that's the, that's the class system that they built on this planet. Mm-hmm. Also, you've had this planet on your, like, list of planets that you're capable of traveling to this entire time, and you just didn't? Just didn't. Like, you, you, huh? 
He's like, ah, this place is messed up. There's primes. Blech, no thanks. Like, you had the option the whole time. So Shade Hedda makes an announcement for everyone to stay inside and away from Cadigan, basically. Um, and we get a Murphy arm touch. Murphy's like, I need to talk to my boy. And so he, like, <laughs> touches him on his arm. And he tells him that he looks good. Yeah, because they're... <laughs> Hello? Is this the final thing, the final crumb that they're passing to me? Thank you so much. Yeah, that's that's all you get. Um, yeah, I was really hoping that Murphy would be the one to talk him out of it. I feel like if it could have been anybody, it could have been Murphy, but uh, I'm biased. Murphy says that he knows about pretending to be who you're not. I was like, oh, hello, like this is like this is the talk, like this is <laughs> the talk that's supposed to flip it, but yeah, it doesn't work. Um, and it's why does it feel like Murphy is opening up to Bellamy more than he mo- opens up to Amori? Yeah. You know, I, like, I guess that's it. I just noticed that. And I just, I wish it, it was something deeper as well, because, like, it's on the verge of being deeper, but mm-hmm. it's, like, it's not. Yeah. Because it's just a shallow reference to, like, pretending to be a prime and not, like, Murphy getting real deep with him, mm-hmm. which is just, like, he could have. He could he had the, they had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And they just squander it. Um, and Bellamy says that he's looking out for Murphy. Um, and then Murphy's like, okay, whatever, and walks away. Um, and then Bellamy has, like, a moment with Doucette, who is his new boyfriend versus his old boyfriend <laughs> who just walked away. Then everyone gets caught up, and a lot of the scenes in this are kind of exposition that could have happened off screen, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of this, like, catch up, like, what happened with you? What happened with you? Could have happened off screen. Oh, absolutely. Um, like, you could come into this season at this episode and not have missed much. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that Clark and Maddie had more of, like, a auntie and niece relationship, like, O and Hope. Sure. I feel like she could still be just as... Protective? Just as protective of her without kind of, like, erasing Maddie's biological mother, which yeah. was, like, a problem in 701. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why every time Clark goes, my daughter, I'm always like, well, okay, sure. Right. Sure. Um, Like, it's... Like, I get it. I like it. It's soft. But yeah. also, like... It just feels contrived yeah. now because, especially given the last two seasons, how they've spent none of it together. Yeah. And, like, how Clark was written in season five to be, like, kind of stupid because mm-hmm. of her actions for Maddie. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. So, Cadigan makes Clark go alone because, I don't know, they don't have the farmhouse set anymore. Like, all of the conversations that happened after that could have happened at the farmhouse, but sure. Um, I was, like, I was really excited to, like be with Clark for, like, more than five minutes. And then we just skip episode. it. And they, we just don't. Mm-hmm. So Bellamy says, our friends. Um, and then in the script to screen, later, uh, in a later scene, he's supposed to say her friends, which, like, shows, like, growth. I think worse growth. But, like, growth in the way that, like, Regression. instead of our friends, he's saying it's her friends, not my friends. Um, but they cut out that line for some reason, and he continues to just say our friends throughout the episode. Murphy's not used to ghost mode, so he gets spooked. Um, <laughs> spooked. Then later Raven says that Murphy did a really sucky job holding down the fort and Murphy's like, hey, look at all the things you did. Right. And honestly, none of it was Raven's fault. She just showed up and they were like, here's what's, here's what's good, you know? <laughs> so Gabriel says that the blade might have sh- hit Shade Hedda's kidney, so he might, you know, but he says may have, so I guess it didn't and he lives next episode or whatever. Right. And he says they probably won't take him to Bardo. Shade Hedda thinks that Indra will miss him. Stop hitting on Indra. Stop. It's weird. <laughs> Gabriel asks about Russell, and Shadehedda says that he died quickly. Um, then Gabriel starts seeing Josie. So that's how we know that the Red Sun Toxin is here. It's really nice to see Sarah again. I met her at Unity Days this year, and she was really nice. So she it's was cool lovely. that she uh, got to come back. It kind of reminds me of when um, 
Oh, I was going to say when uh, Allie came back last season, but I guess Becca got to come back this season as well. So congrats, Erica. I liked uh, I liked having Josie back as well because I thought mm-hmm. it was like the most interesting part of this episode. Yeah. Um, and also, she's just really funny. Mm-hmm. She's in this like dress and like I'm not complaining, but like I'm not sure why she's in that dress. Right. It's, uh, I don't know, it's very, it is very Josie, but mm-hmm. it's also like, I don't think we ever saw her in that dress. Like, no. Like... Is that supposed to be, like, a inside thing with them? You know? Like, that's, like, her... Like, it kind of looked well, like lingerie, maybe? She did have Clark wear, like, silk a lot. That's true. Okay, sure. I guess... I was gonna say, oh, remember when Clark wore that, like, that little, like, jacket thing and it, and she, like, danced around and painted? Yeah. But I, but that's definitely not what it was. Um, So she tells Gabriel to lie to them, but he doesn't. And I feel like this is where we can guess already before having seen the episode that he's not going to go with anything that Josie says. You know, like, ultimately, he's not going to go with Josie's plan, which he doesn't, because he immediately goes against her here. Yeah. Um, Josie says, oh, for Prime's sake, which I don't think they ever said last season, but I thought was funny. Yeah. Also, this is, (laughs) it's like, we know that Josie is literally not real. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's his own imagination and his own subconscious, so she's literally, like, the... Figment of his worst intentions. intentions. But, like, he misses her, so, like, he wants to see her again. Mm -hmm. And, like, that also makes sense. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's how we know he's he's not going to do anything, she says. Yeah. He never was. So they're like, what? Red sun? It's night. So there is no sun. (laughs) Oh, good night. Um, And I thought thought maybe it was supposed to be day, but it's dark because it's eclipsing. But we thought maybe it always starts at night because at the beginning of season six, it was night when it started. Yeah, the bugs attack at night in season in season six when this yeah. happens, but no one feels the effects of the toxin until morning when the suns are actually up. Yeah, and all of this happens within the night. Yeah, it, think, it, right? it happens rapidly. Like, the bugs show up and then immediately everyone's like, whoa, I feel murderous. <laughs> And uh, you said that Indra was asleep when... Yeah, she was. She was in cryo still when uh, all of this was happening last time. So, I mean, someone must have told her how it worked. It was like, that's the one part of exposition we're just going to scoot over, even though you've given me 20 minutes of exposition already? All right. So then Murphy gives some more exposition to Raven. Um, They say that there's just a lot of hostage situations going on. Cadigan's like, what's taking Clark so long? You... uh you should have gone with her then if you're going to be impatient. Like, literally, why didn't he go with her? It doesn't make any sense that he wouldn't go with her. Like, yeah. what's to stop her from just, like, leaving? Well, like, bye. Raven, Raven and Murphy, that's why, that's what the collateral was. But, but still, like, <laughs> you don't know how she feels about these people. Like, yeah, Clark could, well, Bellamy tells them. But, <laughs> but, but Clark could literally be like, all right, guys, get yourself out of it. And then, like, bonk. And right. then <laughs> And then Murphy and Raven are like, okay. And then they sure. get themselves out of it or whatever. So, yeah, we didn't get to see any of it. We just send Clark away all the time. And Cadigan calls Bellamy son because he said that he reminded him of Reese. I think he said that last episode. Um, but then he immediately says that he reminds him of himself. So it kind of feels like he may have molded his son into his own image, which is like... It's ugh. it's big, gross, like, gaslighty, grooming mm-hmm. energy that I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's bad. So Bellamy, like, starts talking about, like, transcendence and stuff. And in the script to screen, it said that that's when Doucette looks at Bellamy, like, proudly. Mm. And then, like, Cadigan notices that. And that's the reason why he asks Doucette to, like, leave them alone. Oh. Or whatever. But it's kind of weird because when I rewatched it, it was literally just, like, Doucette, get out of here. Like, they (laughs) didn't even have a moment for it. But um, he says that Doucette's going to be the next first disciple. But he's not as impressive because 
it's like Doucette believes because he was raised to believe, mm-hmm. but Bellamy like had to like work through it, which makes him like special and like more impressive. And I'm like, sure. Then why isn't Bellamy <laughs> your first disciple? Like, who cares? And why do you even need a first disciple? You're awake now and you're going to start the war. Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't need it. And he's like, I've spent generations working on this. You have been asleep. You have, like, for you, it's been, like, maybe two years, maybe. Like, you didn't put in the work. Uh, you made other people put in the work while you slept. Mm-hmm. So you could be immortal. So, yeah, in this scene, they cut the line where he says her friends instead of our friends. I'm not sure why, because I think that that was an important line. Um, and he mentions transcendence. And here's the thing about the transcendence thing, though. We're just assuming that transcendence is a good thing. You yeah. know, like these light people, I don't know, could could be being punished. Like, who's to say that this like light beings is, aren't like stuck in hell? You know, right. like Murphy could tell us this if somebody talked to him. Like, hey, would love to bring back Murphy having yeah. gone to hell for a second or whatever. But we the just way never that's did. never coming back mm-hmm. is infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> and like exactly what you're saying about the the light beings, like how how. Do we know that this is the right choice? Like, because we didn't see anything that Bellamy saw to convince us that this is the right choice. So, at this point, I'm sitting here like, if this was the... If we're just going to all poof and upload ourselves into, like, a happy little happy ever after, why didn't we just do what Allie said and upload ourselves to the City of Light and just ha- live happily ever after in Vancouver? And that's what like, I'm working... That's what I'm doing right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> it's great. Like, the show hasn't given us a reason to believe that this is actually a good thing like it's literally just as it's the same Mm -hmm. but stupider right um so he says that they've been given a glimpse of what comes next and i'm like well so was doucette like he was there on etheria and we thought oh maybe it's because he like touched the light or whatever but here's the thing bellamy didn't see anything when he touched the light beings because we thought maybe he did and we were like oh okay we just haven't seen it but last episode he specifically said i touched the light and then the storm ended and i was like that's it okay cool like did he he, yeah he he could have, like, seen the afterlife and, like, been like, yes, this is what we need to do mm-hmm. and, like, this is what we need to be. But no. Okay, whatever. Sure. So Gabriel goes on the intercom and basically announces that the Red Sun Toxin is a thing. Um, and Murphy says, oh, great. Let's play another round of who wants to murder your friends because everyone <laughs> wanted, to try, wanted to murder him last time. So, yeah. So what's the point of the Red Sun Toxin? Just, like, to bring it back? Because no one really goes crazy, actually, by Gabriel. Like, they just, like... And, do, like, do any of the sanctimites go crazy? I don't think so. Like, it's... And, and also, you know who else didn't get any antitoxin? Shade Hedda. And we didn't get any of that either. Right. Like, Gabriel's the only person who goes crazy. Indra. Towards the end. I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, Indra has a little bit too. But, like, ultimately... That's Why? Because everybody else who matters got antitoxin. So, like... Like, I'm also... I'm really excited. I was really excited. And I feel like this is, uh exemplary of everything that I've felt about The 100 for the last four years. Uh, I get really excited by the concept of something and then the execution is like, oh, all yeah. right. Yeah. And like, because I was really excited about the Red Sun Toxin because I think it is a cool plot device to push your characters into emotional situations the way it was used in season six. I thought it was really neat. But they don't take advantage of, like, I guess the only reason we had it here was to bring back Josie, which, like, I can't say I'm mad about, but, like, the, there were so much, there was so much more opportunity here, and we just did nothing with it. But, like, yeah. Also, if we have antitoxin, and we can just make more of it anytime we want, and there's just a large supply of it up at the farmhouse, why do the people on Sanctum hide every month when the sun eclipses each other. Like, what? Why don't they all just, like, take a puff 
of the antitoxin or like pump it through the air inside your little bubble dome and everyone just goes about their merry way. Like if you have a way to avoid it, am I wrong and like, am I insane and the fact that, am I like forgetting that only Gabriel had antitoxin or something or like only Gabriel knows how to use it, but that doesn't make sense either because he was says in like a that cabinet. the primes used it. Ugh. Like, why? Yeah. What's the point of anything? You just contradict yourself all the time, and it doesn't make any sense. So Cadigan is like, oh, this is one of Clark's tricks, and Raven's like, ah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so in the reactor, the toxin won't get in, but um, the people are trying to get in, so eventually the toxin will get in if they get in. Um, Nikki punches Jerry and takes him hostage, and he almost... And she almost kills Jerry in front of his kid. Um, and the kid will not step aside to save Jerry because he knows that we can't open the door. Honestly, a very mature thing to do, kid. Like, I, if somebody did that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Just to save my dad, you know? So I was like, surprised. So Imori decides to let in the bugs to kill, I don't know, everybody else. But what about Murphy and Jackson, who are the only, and Indra, who are the people that she cares about on the other side, whatever. So while the lights are out, Luca knocks out Nikki, um, and Trey, I think, is like, why did you do that, Imori, or whatever? Um, and she says, two bugs, one stone. So um, the Nikki thing and the people uh, in the, like, who were trying to get in, mm-hmm. and she says that she hopes it's not three. So that's three we think that she means um, it's not three bugs because Murphy is the cockroach and then they flip right to him. So we think that that's what that is. Yeah. Which is like, okay, we get it. Murphy's cockroach. Bellamy's like, okay, well, I believe this. So we need to go and do sets like true. I believe. I, I think that Bellamy is right and that we need to kill the hostages and go. And Murphy's like, mm, that's not what Bellamy said. Bellamy didn't say let's kill the hostages. He just said to go. So just to make that clear. And so my next note is, imagine Bellamy saying, let's kill Murphy and Raven. But now I'm like, I guess I could imagine that. Yeah. Like, it's nice that Bellamy was, like, trying to save his friends. (laughs) You know, like, last episode, he's like, well, what if we did this and then you don't have to kill them or whatever. And, like, now he's like, Murphy, I have your best interests at heart. And I'm like, okay. Does he? I don't know. So Clark's going to go to the reactor and Raven's going to go in also to turn the power back on. Um, and then we flip to the next scene in which Jackson is trying to save some of the grounders that just got shot, I think is what he's doing. They're like not in that same room. They're yeah. in, uh, the, um, the, 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 uh, what's it called? The reliquary with all of the oh, yeah, skeletons yeah, yes. and stuff. And it's like partially also like the little hospital room because he finds the antitoxin in like a little cabinet. The lab. Yeah. And um, apparently the skull chair was made of the old primes. And you know what? We should have thought of that. I thought I thought they <laughs> yeah. had just cleaned off the cogs. Uh, so, Gross. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Josie says she believes in recycling. Okay. <laughs> sure. Jackson doesn't even know Gabriel. He says Dr. Santiago, right? So that shows us how much, Ga- how much Jackson's been around, you know? Yeah. Gabriel remembers hurting Josie's second body. And Josie says that she really liked that body. But wasn't she only in there for like a few months? A few minutes, right? No, she she lived in that one for a while. Oh, maybe that one? wasn't wasn't it? But was what, didn't they like put her in there? They, she was the first person who they were trying to put in. So they didn't didn't they like put her in there and then she like immediately died because it was the first time they were trying it. No, but that was the first time it was successful. Oh, gotcha. Okay, fine. So like she lived in that one for a while because they okay. like she like dances with him in that one. And, oh, like, right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Um. So Jackson asks about Miller. Didn't expect him to. <laughs> I never expect Jackson and Miller to talk about each other. Um, it's <laughs> Miller like, I hasn't think, spoken about Jackson. No, Miller does not <laughs> care about Jackson at all. Um, 
Gabriel has no idea who Nate is, so he has to um, clarify. And he says that Miller is fine and safe, but he I don't he doesn't know that, so I don't know how he knows that. Antitoxin is running low, so they need to make more. And then you mentioned why do they even need to hide in Riker's Keep if they ha- have antitoxin? Um, Gabriel wants Jackson to take the dose, and Jackson wants Gabriel to take the dose. Um, but Gabriel says that he's used to working under the effects, and it's also because I think that jo- Gabriel secretly likes seeing Josie, and so that's why he doesn't want it. Gabriel's talking to Josie, and Jackson's like, bruh, like, are you okay? Because he can't see Josie. Josie wants him to fix and take the flame, and, you know, like we said, these are his worst intentions. So that's always interesting to think about that, like, it's not another character's goals, you know? It's, like, something that clearly Gabriel has, like, considered and thought about. Right. She says that he used an Etch-A-Sketch to watch the Colin Benson show. I've been waiting for them to bring back Colin Benson. What? Colin Benson was the guy who was on Penance, and he, like, took the chip out of his... Oh, right. And then put it, um, in the, like, memory reader or whatever. The Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah, the Etch-A-Sketch to watch the Colin Benson show. And I was like, oh, finally. But not not all the answers that I wanted about Colin Benson. I want, I want, like, can we do the spinoff about Colin Benson? (laughs) So... Gabriel seems, like, willing to do the things that Josie wants to do, but not for Cadigan. Like, he doesn't want to help Cadigan. And, um, I just wanted to say that Gabriel was also kind of under the influence of Disciples for three months, and yet none of the stuff that's happening to Bellamy is happening to Gabriel. I know that Bellamy went through, like, a whole thing, but still. Josie says that he's always wanted to save humanity, and so maybe he can make up for what he did by, like, making everybody, I don't know, transcend or whatever. And she says that they came across the stars. And I think Doucette said that that's what Cadigan did. So that's interesting that we're using the same wordage there. Um, so the bugs kill all of the dudes, like, really graphically. So goodbye to Knight, who is one of our uh, characters this episode, or this season. I just thought it was interesting that they, the bugs don't even try to kill anyone else like that. Like, they have, like, torches to, like, get them away. But, like, they seem really adamant. So I'm a little confused as to why they, like, selectively decided to kill people. Yeah. I mean... I get, I feel like I'm sure that they kill a bunch of other random unnamed people because, like, not everybody gets into a safe place. Or maybe they don't because everyone was told to stay in their homes anyway, but... Yeah. Like, wh- okay. But, like, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Gotta, um, gotta hit that death toll tally. Clark has time to also bring back antitoxin from the house. How did she know where it was or that it was at the t- at the farmhouse? I don't know. She um, slept there for one night. Now she knows everything <laughs> about it. Duh. But also, like, Cadigan said that she was taking a long time before they heard the announcement. So, like, she was already taking a long time. Maybe she, like, left and was like, good luck, Raven and Murphy, and then, like, went back for it. And then they only, like, met up with her again because she was headed to the reactor. You know? Like, maybe she did leave them. Hmm. I don't know. And then she, they, she just met back up with them because she was going to the reactor. Like Bellamy said. Maybe. Or maybe, like, maybe because she was further out, the bugs got mm. in sooner. But wouldn't the farmhouse be in the... I don't know. It's definitely oh. in the force field. Yeah. So Clark wants to help Maddie before Cadigan, obviously. And Cadigan calls that destructive. So, you know, if you don't think of the the shepherd first, then you're a piece of crap. Um, and everyone gets antitoxin, so it's not really even interesting. Um, we learn... We meet Disciple Kelly... And when they all end up in there, Amori almost shoots Murphy, but then he says, no, 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 I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy. And he labels himself a good guy, which I thought was really sweet. I love that boy. Um, Clark reunites with Maddie, and it's only been like a few days for both of them. Uh, Raven hallucinates Hatch's death. That's not the toxin, that's just her trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Amori hugs Raven, and I just wanted to say that like, 
Gabriel and Jackson make their own antitoxin, but they, like, hand out antitoxin to, like, everybody down there. I'm like, there must have been a lot of antitoxin at the farmhouse. Like, that's kind of (laughs) weird. Um, so Clark gives Cadigan the flame, uh, because that was the deal, and she went to the place where she buried her mother's, like, ring and just didn't mention the fact that it was, like, right there when she (sighs) unburied the flame, but whatever. Um, so that's about halfway through the episode. Uh, so before we move on, just wanted to remind you guys that we have four other episodes or four other podcasts. <laughs> we have a lot of other episodes. Um, but four other podcasts about, um, other shows that we really love and can speak really positively on. For example, God, do I ever have the best time talking about Riverdale. I think about it all the time. Every time that I watch the hundred on TV on the CW and it goes doom, 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 doom. I'm like, you're not her. You're not who I want you to be. Cause I just want to be watching Riverdale. Yes. <laughs> I feel like every time the hundred starts lately, I've just been like, okay, time, time to age several years. And then time whenever, to suffer for an hour. <laughs> and whenever Riverdale starts, I'm like, Oh, thank the glorious gods. that I get to watch this dumb show today. The, th- the great thing about Riverdale is that, Everyone, almost everyone, who's watching it or a part of it or, like, in on it in any way knows that it's a big inside joke and it is intentionally bad. Yeah, when other people are just like, well, that show is really bad. I watched one episode and I was like, the writing is horrible. I'm like, yeah, it's horrible. That's supposed to be a really (laughs) stupid soap opera. Like, it's really fun, though, right? As long, as soon as you, like, just lean into how stupid it is. The more fun you're going to have, really. The best part of Riverdale is, like, whether the episode is good or bad, you have a fun, interactive, like, time watching it because you're sitting there just, like, you either have a great time being entertained by it being a good episode or you have a great time being entertained and mocking it for being a bad episode. The smile on my face. (laughs) Oh, I'm so, I miss it so much. Um, But if you guys don't want to watch Riverdale... (laughs) I get it. Um, But you can listen to our podcast about it. Like Katie said earlier this episode, uh, she does that. And um, she says that it's probably more enjoyable than watching the actual show for her. So if that's helpful for you, do it. Um, I've also mentioned our Lost podcast. It's spoiler free. And we're just starting season three. And season three is, I'm going to say, maybe my second favorite season. So I'm really excited to be talking about it. I think it's really good. And um, if you're looking for show, I I, I said this when Abby died and when Kane died and everything, (laughs) but if you're looking for a show that has just the most beautiful characters that like become your family, just like, you know, this ensemble show, Lost is another ensemble show whose characters are like, dare I say, even more fleshed out and more complex and just like is there's so much joy interwoven in it you know what i mean like there's hope there's so much hope and you know anyway basically if you're looking for a show that treats its characters with respect and treats their deaths with respect i can't i can't really name like one episode one death on well not all of them are perfect <laughs> but if i could give like one specific example that is relevant to this i'm not going to name the character or anything but this character you know what the we've got a season like a three season arc for this character okay mm-hmm. the first season that he's on he's you know he's fine you know he's pretty funny you know it's it's nice to have him season 2 kind of garbage you know not <laughs> the best for him uh probably like it's really just bad um and they spend the entire third season with him redeeming him mm-hmm. and making him better and apologize for his actions and 
at the end of the season, when they kill him off, they kill him off as a hero. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite TV deaths of all time. I'm biased, but, like, if you look on, like, lists like that, it's one of the best It's always up there as, like, one of the best TV deaths of all time. Um... So I, I recommend it wholeheartedly, and I recommend our podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about Star Trek? I was literally about to say, and if you're looking for a show where the main characters just go on adventures and don't die, yeah. um, watch Star Trek. <laughs> uh, it's it's great, fun sci-fi with political commentary and social commentary. and um, I feel like if you took Star Trek and Lost and put them together, you'd find this show. So if you like this show, or you liked it. Yeah, if you liked what this show could have been... Mm-hmm. You will enjoy both Star Trek and Lost. Mm-hmm. So uh, check out those shows and our podcasts. Yeah. Our last uh, other one is Stranger Things. And um, we talk about Stranger Things. Netflix is Stranger Things. We are currently in just finishing season two. And uh, that's also like a really quality show. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun time. Mm-hmm. All comes out at once on Netflix. Have a fun time just binging it all day long. Yeah. I... Also, great 80s music. Yeah. <laughs> the vibes are immaculate <laughs> in Stranger Things. Um, uh, I also need to talk about Patreon, but we've I've already talked your ear off about, <laughs> about that. So I'm going to talk to you about Patreon once we get a little bit farther into the episode. So the disciples start going crazy because of the toxin, and Indra starts hallucinating her mother. Um, we hear Shade Hedda say, Tree Crew, you are defeated. And Shade Hedda and Indra are talking to each other in Trig because... Um, the guards are here and they don't speak Trig, obviously. Exactly. Um, Indra's trying to cut their bindings and uh, that's that scene. Uh, Maddie tells Clark about her visions and Clark is like, stop, keep that to yourself, shut up. <laughs> um, for some reason, I don't think that she will. I think that it's definitely going to come out, even if maybe not for her, from her, like from Shade Hedda for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Bellamy says that he and Cadigan, etc., cannot leave until the bugs are gone. And Maury comes and hugs Bellamy because she doesn't know that he's a robot. And this is really freaking sad. Yeah. This is so yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. This is, like, the saddest. It, it's devastating because Amori has no idea. Mm-hmm. And Bellamy's just like, I don't have the pride in me to tell you because I am ashamed of what I've done. I have a headcanon. But I'm not going to change my mind. I'm just like, ugh. Okay. I have a headcanon from those six years that they spent on the arc that, you know, Bellamy lost, lost his sister. Yes. You know, and, and... Imori's brother also yes. passed away. And so I have this headcanon that on the arc they really um, bonded over the fact that they had both lost siblings and, you know, kind of became siblings together themselves. To each other, yeah. And um, so, like, this moment, I really love moments between Imori and Bellamy. I think I talked about... They had a couple moments last season as well. And I was like... I just, these mean a lot to me and it makes me really sad that Bellamy's like, anyway, you know, like yeah. he treats Octavia like crap and now he's going to treat his other sister like crap too. Yeah, they they really did fit that like familial relationship to each other mm-hmm. and it's, it's just disappointing. Mm-hmm. So the pipe bursts again and I guess, I don't know, they did a bad job patching it up when they were actively dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason it doesn't seem as fatal now. Like Raven just goes in and is like, beep boop, anyway, like, <laughs> okay. Um, so like she should have before, she goes and does it herself, and we didn't see Nikki wake up, so I'm not sure why they didn't, like, tie her up again after they yeah. knocked her out, but okay. And then she has this weird line about fish, about how fish are stupid and can get caught over and over again. <sighs> like, can we not make a different metaphor? It's what? It's supposed to be, like, a yeehaw metaphor yeah. for, like, her being a Bonnie and Clyde. But it's bad. <laughs> fish? fish? Stupid. 
Like, like, why would we not bring up, I don't know, like, rabbits or something? You know, like, rabbits keep getting caught in a trap or whatever. You know, like, why is it fish? So, um, Nikki wants Raven to cry and admit what she did. And so Raven does. And Nikki decides to let her live with what she did. Like, okay, thanks. Bye. But Bellamy doesn't get to, like you said, you yeah. said Bellamy doesn't get to live with what he's done. Yeah. Like, we, we make this choice very arbitrarily in the whole series, honestly. Uh, okay. It's bad. <laughs> Lindsay was very good in this scene. I was really impressed with Lindsay. Yeah. But what an anticlimactic end to that storyline. Like, I, I feel like this episode decided to wrap up every loose end that we have so far in the story. Yeah. Everything just, on Sanctum needs we just, to be wrapped up. Yeah. We just crammed it all in. And this was one of the things that they had, like, drug out for the entire season and, like, turned Nikki into, like, one of the big bads on Sanctum. And it's just like, and she gets to Raven and then, like, watches her cry for two seconds and instead of just like killing her which i'm glad she didn't because i love raven mm-hmm. but like it's just like she's like oh okay now i i feel better because i've seen you in pain and i'm like no that's uh, not and i'm also like what was the point though like ultimately like that episode that that all happened in was bad i really really didn't like it and so i'm like so this whole thing was a storyline so that Nikki could be, like, a secondary villain. But, like, what all did she even really do? Right. Whatever. Yeah, why did Raven even have to go through this? We hardly even saw her this season. So, like, I guess they were like, we need to give Raven something because we haven't given Raven something for two seasons. Mm-hmm. So Nikki leaves and everyone thinks that Raven is dead because Nikki's leaving so nonchalantly that they're like, oh, she must have, like, finished her goal or whatever. Right. So when Maury Clark and Murphy run in, but not Bellamy. Bellamy does not care. Bellamy's like, fine. Raven can just die. Like, so much for always then, I mm-hmm. guess. Shut up. <laughs> this this is my favorite part of the episode is when we have an actual character moment where everybody's holding hands and I'm like, hello, you know who's here? Murphy. Yeah. Did anybody see this coming? No. <laughs> I loved it. So Shadeheda says um, to Indra that Tree Crew would always die trying to escape him. And he's like, why didn't they learn? Probably because they're all different people, you dolt. <laughs> So, whatever. So the disciples start turning on each other, and it doesn't feel very for all mankind to me, but okay. Um, she'd had a stalls the guard by saying where he can get antitoxin for the shepherd, and Indra breaks free and attacks everybody. The last guard goes ghost mode. Try that alliteration. Mm-hmm. And Shadehada helps Indra kill the last one in Trig because he sees, like, footprints in, like, the blood on the ground so he can, like, help her. Um, and then we get this really dope shot of the helmet dropping to the ground, um, which would which is really cool and would not have been half as cool if it was an actual head, because then I would yeah. not be able to look at it. Hard pass. Um, so Indra hallucinates her mother kneeling to Shade Hedda, and we hear Shade Hedda saying that her husband and her people are all dead, and if she had kneeled sooner, that they wouldn't be. And he says something about breaking her. You have thoughts on this? I, when we watched this episode, I thought for the first time I heard that line that, or saw the, read the subtitles, because it's in Trig, that he said, taking you will be just as sweet, or nearly as sweet, and I, like, felt that it was implied that he had, like, raped her. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not a big stretch either because he's, he, what he actually says is breaking you. Mm-hmm. And that's also horrible because I know the implication that they were going for is, like, breaking her spirit and, like, her, like, will, I guess, because he gets her to bend the knee or whatever. But it's just so close to being so much more disgusting. And uh, I hate it. I hate it a lot. Like, it's not necessary, and it's just another... I wrote an article recently about how much The 100 hates women and, like, how horribly they treat every female character on the show. 
And I feel like we've just introduced Indra's mother for like two seconds just to have her show up and be here and do this. And and then get violated. And, yeah, exactly. And it's uh, gross. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't Shay Hedda supposed to be like 16? Yeah. And like, isn't he supposed to be a kid? Like, is this like what? three? Well, this is like three years later. You know, like, I don't even know how long Shay Hedda was in power for. Yeah. But like... Also, my question is if Indra's mom was the leader of Tree Crew. I think that that's true. I don't think we, like, knew that until now. But mm-hmm. I think, like, originally I was like, oh, Bra-, he's like, oh, breaking you will be just as sweet or whatever. And I was like, what's so special about this lady, though? You know, like, if she's the leader of Tree Crew and she's been, like, antagonizing him for, like, a long time, mm-hmm. then, like, I'll allow it and that makes a little bit more sense. But I really like this moment because she, it's like a parallel because she kneels and says that you need to like protect my daughter, mm-hmm. just like Indra kneels to protect Maddie. And she knew that it was supposed to work because it's the same guy. Yeah. I appreciate that parallel, but I'm also just angry. <laughs> so what do you think? Does Shade had to see anything in the toxin? I think he should have, but yeah. I don't think he, we don't, we don't know that he does. Mm-hmm. So um, they didn't take any time or effort to put any, anything else there. So. Yeah, so Jackson and Gabriel give Indra the antitoxin, and I just wanted to say that Gabriel now has antitoxin and is choosing not to take it. Yeah. So he definitely likes seeing Josie, or at least, like, likes hearing the, like, his... He he likes seeing Josie again. Like, it's yeah. 100... He knows it's not real, he knows it's not actually her, but this is the only way he can actually, like, conjure her up again, yeah. basically. And maybe he likes hearing the devil on his shoulder sometimes, you Yeah. Know? I wonder if Indra likes seeing her mother like Gabriel likes seeing Josie. Yeah, I wonder. It must kind of be... Like, I know that it's obviously the things that she's seeing is, like, the worst that she remembers of her mother, which sucks. Um, But at least she has to see her. I don't know. Yeah. So, Shadehada uses the fact that he just saved Indra's life as a bargaining chip, and Indra chooses not to kill him because she wants him to bleed out there. But I feel like, um, that's gonna backfire because obviously he's still important next episode. And you were saying that she should do, like, the death by a thousand cuts thing that she, like, almost did on Raven and, like, did on, like, what, Gustus. Or not Gustus. Yeah, Gustus. Yeah, they did it on Gustus and they almost did it on Raven and they did it, they wanted to do it on Finn and mm-hmm. they were, she was gonna do it on Pike. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's grounder culture when someone, like, wrongs you that yeah. you wrong them via, in this manner. Or, like, take, take your justice in this manner, I guess. Now, I definitely don't want to put this on Indra because... Indra's been through a lot, and so have all the women on this show. Yeah. Especially a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Indra had just killed Shade Hedda, Shade Hedda wouldn't have, like, talked to Bellamy about the book, and Bellamy wouldn't be dead. Oh, yeah. Because Clark was going to just leave him, but because of the book thing, she had had to kill him. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ultimately, like, if Indra had killed him, this wouldn't, like, Bellamy would still be alive. Yeah, but I don't want to put that on Indra, but, like, you know? Like, if they had just decided to kill Shade Hedda now, we wouldn't have to put up... Bellamy wouldn't be dead, and we wouldn't have to put up with his garbage Mm -hmm. uh, for a whole nother episode with Shade Hedda. Uh, But we do, and it's just... It's not on Indra, it's on the writing. Right. So Indra tells Gabriel and Jackson not to treat him, and Jackson goes, yeah, I wasn't planning on it. Cute. I wish uh, <laughs> I wish that we had gotten more of this Jackson. I really wish that Jackson had become, like, a larger character instead of, like, bringing on, in all these new people. Yeah. Like, it feels like where Jackson should be taking steps up or being, like, promoted, you know, like Murphy has, like, like Echo has. It feels like eventually we should have made Jackson up higher and higher on the pedestal. Yeah. And we never did. No. It's just weird because he's one of the only characters that we still have from the pilot. Yeah. What is it now? Jackson, Jackson, Clark, 
Octavia and Murphy. Murphy. That's it. And Ra- well, no, Raven was Raven was only right. in, she was yeah, in like just 102 those four. or 103. Four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's literally those four are the only people that we have left now that Bellamy died. So, like, obviously Murphy, Clark, and Octavia are still super important, and yet Jackson has still been on the sidelines this whole time. Yep. I wish I wish that he had become a larger character instead of bringing in new people every single time. Yep. I feel like Sachin was capable. Yeah. So Indra says, your fight is over, to Russell, or Shade Hedda, but he doesn't die. Like, I think, if you don't, like... If someone says that to you, like, how freaking ominous, you know? Like, I'd be like, oh, no, my fight is over. Uh, but also, then it's not. Also, like, if someone says, if you say, if you're going to say that to somebody, like, in your culture, I, I just feel like. You got to do it. Yeah. I like, just that's supposed like it, to be, like, the last thing you hear. Like, have we ever said it to someone who's not actively actually going to die? Well, I think, like, we've said it to people who, like, were trying to kill. Like, actively trying to kill. Yeah. Potentially. I, Yeah. So, yeah, so Indra, so Cadigan walks in and Indra's like, where's my daughter? And Cadigan's like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> like, like, I love how she's like, hey, where's, where's my daughter? And we didn't let Bellamy just go, hey, Indra, we don't actually know where she is. We didn't even know she was missing, like he does later. Uh-huh. Instead, Cadigan's like, hey, everybody who says something is talking to me. So Indra's like, <laughs> Indra's like, where's my daughter? And Cadigan's like, who? <laughs> like, well, like, I guess it wasn't for uh-huh. you then. <laughs> <laughs> so Bellamy and also like a disciple took her yeah like are we just gonna pretend that that she fell through the anomaly by herself and like accidentally turned it onto earth like like someone took her willfully to yeah. earth like but I wonder if that disciple is like still on earth or if he just like dumped her there and then like went on to Bardo it was Levitt it was Levitt <laughs> ah <laughs> Um, so Bellamy promises to get Gaia back. You don't even know where she is. Get out of here. <laughs> she happens to be on Earth, but you don't know that. Um, and Clark says, don't worry, Indra, he's here to help us, or whatever. Are you talking about Bellamy or are you talking about Cadigan? Who's here to, who's here to help you? Because right. it doesn't feel like either of them are here to help you, to be honest. So then Gabriel shows up, and Josie's like, all right, do it, Gabriel. You know, you can volunteer to, like, get the thing in your head. You're gonna do the final test, or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not even Raven who can fix the flame, because she was doing another thing. Um, and, like, I guess that makes sense because he's worked on them for so long, but I kind of wish it was Raven. <laughs> yeah. So, using the, like, memory viewer thing, they're gonna upload all of the commanders. And I had a question about that. I wonder if Shade Hedda is on there, or did he, like, break off? Like, I wonder if it's, like, a Horcrux? Right. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, like it just, like, broke off, and you can kill that one, and then the rest of the commanders are intact, and then Shade Hedda just isn't in there? Or, like, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. And I feel like we're never going to actually no. know the answer to that because it's been shot now and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But like, there was so much potential in all of all of this show mm-hmm. and it just gets squandered immediately and like nev- no questions get answered and it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine you can only exist in one place at a time. So if he's, if he himself specifically is the only person in Russell then I feel like he's not on the flame anymore. Yeah. And that's how he es- he escaped the confines of the flame, I guess. Yeah. Like if Lexa or Becca or anybody else who had been in the flame wanted to escape and go and live in somebody else, that would be it for them. And like Indra also implied that when Russell dies, Shade Hedda dies yes. because he's out of the flame. Yeah. So, but that's yeah. because, but that's because Shade Hedda thought that the flipped. flame was dead also. And that's because Shade Hedda like jumped out via Bluetooth. Oh, 
this is stupid. <laughs> the show used to be smart. This is stupid. <laughs> so yeah, the tendrils are out because to show that it's dead. Uh, and Josie tells Gabriel that she's proud of him, which I think is the turning point, um, is when Gabriel's like, oh crap, what am, what am I doing? And so he shoots the flame with a gun and it's definitely gone now. It's like totally exploded. Pew pew. And that's uh, another break where we can talk about Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Um, The link is in the description if you want to go click on it. But we offer early access to all of our podcasts. Um, so not only do you have three episodes left to get early access on this season, um, but you also get early access on all of our other podcasts, um, which sometimes go out a week in advance and probably will go up a week in advance um, for our coverage of seasons one to three. So um, consider doing that. In November, we're going to be sending out uh, postcards and since we got a lot of um we hit a milestone on our patreon we're also going to be sending out some really cool stickers including the af logo things that say i like uh brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas and then sam's kind of like little spiel and britney's little spiel and it's also going to say okay love you bye so if you guys want some of those you should definitely join our patreon yeet um, so that's what you get from $1 and up, but at $5, you also get 10% uh, off at shopbelux.com. Um, even if you don't have the 10% off, you should definitely check out shopbelux.com. It's where me and Brittany sell some art. Brittany sells resin art. It's gorgeous. So you definitely want to go and check it out. And um, I sell fandom embroidery, um, including, I think I have nine the hundred designs up. And by the time that this goes out, I'm going to be having two more. I have made Kane and Abby. So if uh, I've probably done your favorite character unless they're like completely obscure, which I respect the heck out of. <laughs> um, and I'm also doing customs. So if you want like that really obscure character um, from this show or any show or any movie or even any celebrity, any YouTuber, listen, I got, I got commissions open. So hit me up. Um, uh, yeah. So check that out. If you guys can't help us out monetarily, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. I can't tell you how important this is. Um, because even though getting reviews on Apple podcasts and all of those, like those definitely help, but I'm more likely to listen to something if somebody has recommended it to me. So, um, mm -hmm. go and recommend us to your friends. You're, you're like, Hey, right now they're really mad, but they won't be soon. <laughs> and they weren't, they weren't before. So yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Um, so Gabriel throws down an Uno reverse card and takes Cadigan <laughs> hostage. And um, Bellamy once again says our friends instead of her friends or your friends or whatever. Um, and Bellamy's basically just protecting Cadigan because they need him to get to everyone else, which is true. Um, Clark shoots Doucette. And I was actually really sad about that. Yeah. Even though, like, it's kind of his fault that all of this has happened. Mm -hmm. I'm also like... Well, but I liked him, though. <laughs> um, and I think that it's interesting because Bellamy, like, doesn't care when it seems like Raven is dead. But yeah. he just, he loses it when De oh, Doucette yeah. dies. And I'm like, okay, like, that doesn't feel very for all mankind, you know? Yeah. Like, he didn't care when anybody else did. Like, like Cadigan doesn't even flinch yeah. over his, like, new first disciple dying. He's like, ah, another one of these. <laughs> Guess it's you. Congrats on the promotion. But I think that... Not only does he care about Doucette because they spent so much time together, but Bellamy also sees him as a symbol of his faith, mm -hmm. I think. And so that's why I'm like, okay, so now that Doucette is dead, he is the symbol of Bellamy's faith. And so now Bellamy can be like, wait, you know, like, snap out of it, guy. Like, right. the guy who made you believe all this stuff is gone now, mm -hmm. right? Snap out of it. Let's move on, you know? Like, but no. wake up. 
So Raven puts in the code to turn on the stone, um, which was not really super clear to me because when we saw it in the prequel, it like went and it was like really cool and it floated and it was dope. Uh-huh. Um, and that didn't happen here. So whatever. Uh, they can't go to the place where they sent everybody else because Earth is offline and only Cadigan knows the code. How does he know the code? How did it become offline? None of these questions are answered. Like, I feel like he only, he knows the code because he's the shepherd from Earth yeah. or whatever. And he turned it off so that nobody could go back to Earth because he's still mad about his, about Callie or whatever. Sure. So everybody goes through except for Shade Hedda, Trey, Jerry, Luca, Rex, Nikki, and Picasso. I think that's it. I think that's everybody who's left on Sanctum that we care about. Yeah. Um, Cadigan goes with them, but Clark doesn't want to let Bellamy through. Um, we were saying that, like, if we were going to have Clark kill Bellamy, which they did, but if they were going to do that, they should have had him torture her more last, last episode. Right. Because then it would have felt more like... Like, she had reason to do it. And, like, even then, that wouldn't have been a good enough reason to just straight up shoot your friend in the heart. And I don't want to see Clark tortured more. I'm just saying it would make more sense. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna... If you're gonna have her make this decision, then she has to have a real reason, and she doesn't. Like, if Clark was gonna be okay with Bellamy just dying and it being her fault, she would never have apologized for leaving him with Octavia in season five, and, like, she just wouldn't do this. Like, it's- it's bad. (laughs) Because not only does Bellamy die in this moment, but, like, any respect that anybody has for Clark dies in this moment, because that's not- that's not Clark. That's writing device. Like, this is a this is a plot device, and it's bad. It's not even a good one. So last episode, Echo asked Bellamy if all of this was worth it, and he said yes. And so I just wanted to say that Murphy says, hey, was all is all of this worth it? And he says yes. So I'm just saying that that's, like, his girlfriend and then also his boyfriend. But it makes me so sad because that's, like, that's the last thing that my ship says to each other. Yep. And, like, kind of your ship if you, if you ship Becco, too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So then they just kind of, like, make some eye contact, and Murphy just walks away because... Like, what else can he do? Clark says that they already lost him and so much for together. Um, everyone else goes through. Shade Hedda is the only person who sees Clark do this. And so we were, I was, we were all wondering, like, how the heck is she going to tell everybody that she killed Bellamy? And I have the feeling, and I don't know if this is true, but if I was Clark, which I'm not, and I wouldn't kill my best friend, but if I was, I'm not going to tell nobody. Oh, yeah. I'm the only person who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I almost wish that... Octavia and Echo and everybody had never found out that Bellamy was actually alive. Yeah. Because at least then the way that they thought that he died was, like, by, like, trying to protect them and everybody. That's the last time I saw Bellamy be himself. So I kind of wish that they hadn't seen this, because this is, like, the last memory they have of him, and it sucks. Yeah. And, like, now... Now Clark is not... I I also think she's not going to tell him. I think Mm -hmm. Shade Hedda is going to show up and be like, Oh. Did you know? Oh, he passed away? So... Oh yeah. Hmm. Shane gonna show up and just rat Clark out, mm-hmm. and then it's gonna be utter chaos from there. And uh, like there, there's no way she can justify her actions, especially to Clark, or to especially to Octavia and Echo. And it's just, it's bad. And like, what was the reason? Like Bellamy's literally like, okay, I'm gonna help Shade Hedda. Shade Hedda's like, hey, you wanna help me? And Bellamy's like, I'll think about it. And I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. I'm like. <laughs> Why do you keep siding with the bad guys, you idiot? Like, this man has an eye patch. He's not a good person. (laughs) That's how you know. (laughs) 
so Shade Hatta brings out the book and like a lot of people are just like, just shoot the book then. And like, why not? <laughs> like, I, I still, like, I think I saw something on Twitter where someone was like, you can't just shoot the book because this and this, but I don't remember because I don't think I agreed. Um, like, I feel like if you, if you want to have her still kill Bellamy in this moment, make it an accident. Make her try yeah. to shoot the book and then the bullet goes through the book and hits Bellamy also. Right, yeah, like, uh, that, yeah, that reminded me of, like, when um, she shot through Lincoln's hand or she... Yeah, shot through, through his shoulder. Yeah, through Lincoln's shoulder to shoot that guy from Mount Weather. Yeah. She's done it before. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, oops, rather than, like, a, I'm actually shooting you. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't going to kill him until, until she had on the book. Yeah. And, it's, and it, it's just immediately pointless. So then Bellamy promises Clark that Maddie won't be in danger. Your promises mean nothing to me. <laughs> right. And um, I gotta say, like, Eliza and Bob are quite good in the scene. It's a much better episode for Bob. Because mm-hmm. uh, last episode, I was like, I didn't even know if it was questionable, but the editing made me think that his performance was questionable. Like I right. said last time, they cut away from a really emotional performance of his to go to flashbacks from the previous episode, and you know? I, I Which like tells me that he did a bad job. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I feel like even up until this point of the episode, like... You can tell that Bob and Bellamy both are just like, okay, yeah, I'm done. I would, I, you know then, what? Like, if I was Bob, I would be upset. Oh, absolutely. As well. So, like, I understand. I mean, obviously, you always want to give it your all, but like, I don't even understand half assing it when your character's being assassinated. Yeah. In, in like, literally the worst, worst way possible. Yeah. And like, like, yeah. So, Bob and Eliza do a great job playing off of each other in this scene, but it also, it relies on so many of their other, like, tense moments from mm-hmm. the past. Like, the gun scene in season four, yeah. and, like, they bring up stuff from the past, like, their argument over Maddie in season five, mm-hmm. and, like, a, cu- a couple of other things. I saw someone list all of them out, and how it was, like, very much relying on those things in a really gross way. And it was just like, yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> So then Bob says, you're not going to shoot me, which of course is a direct throwback to season four. Um, and it's interesting because she's about to show up in the exact same bunker. Yep. On Earth. Oh, God. And um, she's like, okay, so she has to get the book. Um, like, that's the point is that she has to get the book. She has to bring the book back with her because nobody can see the book. And the anomaly's closing, so she has to leave the book behind. So what was the point even of shooting Bellamy when you didn't even get the book? Right. Like, at least shoot the book. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, but she runs out of bullets. That's why. Remember, she, like, tries to shoot everybody, but she runs out of bullets. That's why she can't shoot the book. Otherwise, but, like, I bet they, sh- they knew that we were going to ask that question. Like, you should have started with the book then. Yeah. Like, I know I know why she doesn't shoot the book. I know it's because we need the book to still be there so that we can have Shade Hedda, like, ooh, he heals himself because it didn't hit his kidney or whatever. <laughs> and, like, he's magically better now because of some science magic crap. And, um... He just, he opens the book and then he's like, oh, beep, boop, boop, I'm going to Earth. And then he's like, hi, I'm here to kill everyone. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so glad JR is having so much fun with this. But like, good God, people. I just wanted to say that the, it, the way it makes it seem is that Clark would rather shoot Bellamy than be like, oh, but my daughter did all those drawings. She just, she worked so hard on them. You know, Her, she does such beautiful art. She's just come a long way as an artist. And I really <laughs> want, like, I don't want to destroy her best work so far. Yeah. Like, stop it. I want to put it on the fridge I'll eventually have. Maybe. 
like it's when when you can see that the choices that they make are for the sake of the plot and not the characters, which is something that I feel can be said for like the last several seasons of the hundred. It's not good writing because you're not making the right choice. You're choosing, you're ruining what you have for something that you want to create. And it just, it makes, it, it sells short both your plot and your characters. And then you have a bad story. Okay, so now Bellamy says that she, that he's her closest friend. And last episode, she also said, you're like my best friend and everything. And I think it's really nice that they talk about each other as if they're best friends, but like they don't hang out. Like when's the last time they like hung out and were best friends, you know? Like I just, I don't know if you are friends. I think Bellamy's, Bellamy's best friend is probably Murphy or Raven, I think. I think Clark's best friend is Maddie. Yeah, or maybe Raven. I don't know, I but I I don't think Clark and Bellamy are best friends. They, like, don't even talk, I feel like. Like, they didn't get along in season one. They got along in season two but barely saw each other. Mm-hmm. They didn't get along in season three. That's true. And then season, season four, four, season four was their they, best. Yeah, season four they worked well together. Yes. But then they get separated and, like... For six years. she They spend that six years, like, building the illusion of each other in their heads that <sighs> the way the writing goes happens to not be what the other character is. So it's just... I want... I'm so sorry to everybody who ships Bellamy and Clark. Yeah. I was one of you for a very long time until I realized that my thing was Murph and me. (laughs) Um, But I... Like, I see it. And I see where you're coming from the entire time. I think they were absolutely building up to this. Sure. Or building building up to them being in in a relationship. I think that that was like... Or... Or it seemed like they were. Like, I know Jason, they, like, he, denies it or whatever. They toyed like, with it the whole time. But they had it. They had it the whole entire time. And then it ended with this. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. You were saying, you're like, I loved Kane and Abby. Mm-hmm. And I hated their deaths. But at least they didn't kill each other. Yeah, literally. Like, I, I can't imagine a worse ending than whatever this is. Yeah. Like, I, I still hate Kane and Abby's death. And I think it sucked. And it was poorly written overall. But yeah, at least Abby didn't straight up shoot Kane. Like, this, what? Yeah. And also, I think it's really horrible and disgusting to have made Clark either physically, literally be responsible for the death of all of her love interests. And, all of them. And her parents. Nyla's like, phew. <laughs> yeah, or like, feel responsible either way. Like, she literally- For both of her parents, you're right. Yeah. Like, they make her feel or be responsible for all of that, and it's like, what? What's next? Is is she gonna accidentally kill Maddie next week? Mm. Like that? She has no one left because you have written her to kill all of them. Yeah, and it's just that's not <laughs> that's not a good message to send. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm just I'm sorry. I I never actually shipped Bellamy and Clark myself, but like, you had every right to do that, and like you were valid in seeing what you saw, and it. <sighs> It's his, ugh. Yeah. So then he mentions um, that it's going to be the end of suffering, and then he makes it about Maddie, which is manipulative, because he knows that that's what she wants to hear. And she, I think, can tell that it's manipulative. So she's like, well, that's once again, you're trying to hurt me, and that's another tick off. Like, that's another point down for you. I'm, I'm just, you know what? Every relationship on this show, because we were just talk as we were just talking about how Bellamy and Clark weren't friends in canon really Mm -hmm. except even though they kept saying my best friend or like we're best friends or your closest friend or whatever 
every relationship on this show isn't good because of the canon. It's good because of you took these tiny little pieces from from canon, and then the fandom built yeah. everything else. Like the right the writing never built it. Mm-hmm. It 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 gave you the players, and then you wrote the D and D campaign. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says, this is how we do better, which I think is, like, making it about Monty. Monty doesn't want this. No. Whatever. And so she shoots him in the heart because he is the heart and she is the head. And so I have a really garbage theory or prediction that Clark gets shot in the head if he gets shot <sighs> in the heart. Ew. That would be literally the worst way to, to lose her. <sighs> but if he's getting shot in the heart, she's the head. You know? And, like, the head... Well, I hope that doesn't happen, but but also you know? like having the head shoot the heart, and like I saw someone like with that that gif of Gabriel from last season when Clark is like almost dead or whatever, right. and it's like well when the head stops telling the heart to beat, it's over, and I'm right. just like oh okay, <laughs> I guess that's like, it, isn't it? Like there's no way to end this series without Clark dying at this point. I think. Um, and I feel like I feel like we're all right in assuming that she's going to take this final test and like be the one worthy of humanity because she's lost everyone she's loved or whatever. And then what? She's going to fail the test, maybe, or like she's going to pass the test and like go on, but like nobody else follows her or something. Or she's going to pass the test and it's all going to have like been about sacrifice or what? I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's just you can't write a satisfying ending out of this. You've written yourself so far down the ugliest hole imaginable and you can't write your way out of it it's it's gonna be bad and so she leaves the book behind and then we just get this like horrible editing in which she like goes through the anomaly and then it's like i don't even want to talk about it it's like they over in the background and they overlay bellamy being dead with clark crying and i'm like all right that's enough it just makes it into a joke yeah it feels like it feels like you're making fun of me for being upset like i know that you're you, whoever did this thinks it's, like, poignant and, like, means something to have them, like, to have her crying and visualizing his dead body at the same time. But it's just gross, and it, it looks stupid, and it makes it feel like a joke. Like, it feels like a mockery of anyone who is actually crying over Bellamy being dead. And it, the Hundred's done this, like, once before, or maybe a couple times, I don't know, but... It did it in season four when Octavia is about to kill Ilian and it, she has like flashes of yeah. Lincoln dying. And I'm like, we don't need to see that. Mm-hmm. We we are, we just saw it. We know what happened. Why do you think we're stupid? It's 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 very um, eighth grader giving a presentation vibes. Yeah. And it's not good. So we got some more emails about this episode um, after we had recorded. Uh, The first one came from Elena, and she pointed out that Bellamy is the one who taught Clark how to shoot and how to use a gun, so um, that one hurts. And our other one comes from Katie, who you heard an email from at the beginning of this episode. She had some different opinions um, than we did, and I'm interested in talking to you about them. So here we go. Because I'm a human being who goes online and participates in social media, I was spoiled regarding Bellamy's death right after the episode aired. I wasn't actually able to watch the episode until Thursday evening due to work. I was careful after the giant spoiler to avoid any other details of the episode. All I knew was that Bellamy died and a lot of people were really upset about it. About one, that it happened, and two, how it happened. 
I've since had a bit of time to read some reactions to the episode in more detail, and I have to say I don't agree with the majority of them. As I've said before, I'm not a big fan of the Bellamy character. His death was shocking, both in timing on the show and by whose hand, but it wasn't really surprising. His I'm gonna listen to this charismatic father figure character and go against my friends arc isn't new for him. It totally tracks with his character. Clark's fierce protection of Maddie also isn't out of character for her. She left Bellamy to die in the fighting pit to protect her daughter. She was essentially killing him, albeit passively at that time. I feel he deserved Clark's wrath in season five after he coerced Maddie into taking the flame after she explicitly told him no. Clark can't trust him with anything involving Maddie, and Bellamy has shown no proof that his plan was actually going to help. He was being way too vague about everything. Cough, bad writing, cough. I probably should have gone <laughs> bad writing, <laughs> but um, I don't know how to read. Uh, his zealotry sealed his fate. I'm super curious about how Octavia and Echo are going to react. So jumping out of the email um, for a second, I, you know what, now that you've pointed out a lot of this, I'm I'm kind of with you here. I, I definitely still don't like it. And I agree that Bellamy does often like just choose a random, almost always man to go against his friends for. I think my problem with this one is that like it literally took him 3.2 seconds to flip and he flipped so aggressively that he was willing to let all of his friends die for this. Like so for example like when he did with Pike he still thought he was doing the right thing for all of his friends um, and this is like completely just like too far. As for Clark I agree that she you know left him to die in the fighting pits and I think everyone's problem is that she like literally looked him in the face and shot him and even if it was slightly in character, I just like have a hard time believing that she would do it. Like here, like I guess my problem is that like she could have just shot him in the leg or the hand or whatever. Like, did we have to actually kill him? I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's move on through the through the uh, email. That's how I felt about it thematically. Writing-wise, it was clunky and almost lazy, but that's been one of my big issues with this season all along. My wife did bring up a good point when we were discussing this episode and the season in general. We don't know what was going on behind the scenes with the actors and producers slash showrunner. We have no idea how much of the original intention of this season was altered due to the personal lives slash health issues of some of the principal actors. Maybe it would have been very different. We'll probably never know, but all we can do is assess what was presented and not was intended. I agree. Um, this happened a lot in Lost, um, where some characters needed to be written off very quickly, but it was always treated with respect and, you know, made sense and didn't feel clunky. And it feels like this season's, like the entirety of this season had to be rewritten because of this, you know? I just feel it, it could have been presented better. And I think that's what you're saying as well. Part of me understands that fans may be so upset because it robbed them of their bell arc ending. I don't share that sentiment, but I get that's where some of the ire may be coming from. Honestly, I never saw romantic interest from Clark when it came to Bellamy. Maybe it's because I didn't want to, or maybe people saw romantic chemistry because they wanted to. It's a moot point now, I guess. Clark's action also means there's no chance for a platonic happy ending for those two, clearly. I don't think about the end of this show being nicely wrapped up with smiling characters like the end of a half-hour sitcom. I fully expect Clark to be dead at the end. That's the only way I see her getting the peace she's been seeking and deserves. I don't think she'll ever be truly happy or even content with her life, considering what she's had to do to bring her people to wherever they end up. It's a terribly bleak ending, but I think it would be very fitting. Overall, I really liked this episode. It was a bit of a breath of fresh air. The Raven Murphy recap scene was wonderful, had the dark humor of, I've really been missing from this show. Indra kicking butt is always a welcome sight. Even my wife, who's very squeamish, thought the invisible decapitation was cool. It was neat seeing Josephine again. I really liked that character and the actress. It was a great fit and fun to watch her be so deliciously Machiavellian. I even found myself enjoying the bro-off posturing between Shade Hedda and Cadigan. It did bug me that Clark left the book she essentially shot Bellamy over, but the portal was closing, what's a girl to do? I'm still very apprehensive 
events of this season in general, but this episode does give me a modicum of hope that we'll get a somewhat satisfying ending for the series. Best witches, warmest regards, Katie. I appreciate that reference. I am with you. If there's anything anyone else would like to add about this episode or your feelings, um, please give us an email at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. So let's move on to our segments. Our first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, which is our favorite line award. Um, this episode, quite funny. Yeah. Thanks, Ross. Who Ross Knight, I think, is who wrote this one. Um, he gave us some bangers, so thanks, I guess. Like, in spite of how much we disliked the episode in general, there were several laughable lines. Yeah. So um, we both decided to take two, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a main one and then an honorable mention. So my first um, favorite line award is, uh, goes to Murphy and Raven for... Is it weird that to me the craziest part of all of this is Bellamy's robe? Nope. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. It Like we said... You know what? We're on the same page. <laughs> because last episode we were like, this looks dumb. And so did Clark. So there you go. Like, Bellamy just, you look stupid. <laughs> you look dumb right now, yeah. sir. And my favorite line award goes to Andrea and Cadigan for... Where the hell is my daughter? Who the hell is your daughter? Who the hell is your daughter? <laughs> and just, That's I, funny. <laughs> that was, like, I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but it was. Like, I missed it on our initial watch, but <laughs> yeah. when we were rewatching today for our notes for this, I cackled yeah it was very funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> like who i don't care <laughs> give give adina porter more comedy roles yeah uh, yeah i love it <laughs> she yeah she does her comedy like so straight face that it's extra funny exactly uh and my honorable mention goes to emory and murphy for well those are the clothes of a man with a story yeah, bellamy why don't you tell us a story I know, like, here's the thing. She was, like, genuinely trying to playfully make fun of him. Yeah. And Bellamy was like, how dare you? <laughs> she was like, what have wow, you been through, buddy? And, and he's like, I've been through a lot. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> and I, 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 like, I just realized that both of my favorite line of words are about how dumb Bellamy looks. <laughs> uh, Rip. You have to laugh or it's just sad. Yeah. And my honorable mention goes to Raven and Murphy for... So... Shit, Hayda's alive, and Maddie's in a nuclear reactor? You did good. All of our friends are missing, and Bellamy is a sheep. So did you. You did good. You did good. <laughs> it just like, turns out neither of them did good. However, I think the main person to blame is not Raven, because she didn't do any of this. Oh, no. And a lot of this was Murphy's fault. However, what Raven doesn't know is that it was worse. So yeah, I think Raven. I think Murphy actually did do good, and I think yeah. that none of this is Raven's fault. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Murphy did the best that he could, and Raven was just like on an ice planet two days ago, and then showed up, and Bellamy had joined a cult. Like yeah. she, she, she's just as clueless as to what's going on as anybody else. Yeah. And uh, I just like this moment because it's it's reminiscent that they're both kind of assholes. Yeah, and uh, I These like it. Like, yeah. I like it when they're assholes. Like, this is this is the most in-character Raven and Murphy have felt for me in a while. Yeah, I agree. So, I really like them together. I think I have jumped off the Murphy Me train, obviously. <laughs> um, I think but the train crashed. Yeah, you know what? I've been on the Mervyn train for a while, and I know that that's, like, semi-problematic, but that was such a long time ago. Girl, you can't point at a, at a ship on the 100 and say it's not problematic. So, like, do what you want. And also, I just wanted to say that he has a, apo- he apologized in season four and she forgave him. Yeah. So, um, 
Don't come for me. <laughs> Do what you want. Follow your dreams. Thank you so much. There's there's not many dreams to be had left here, so just do what you want. So my next segment is the most valuable protagonist award. Uh, this week's MVP, I was thinking about maybe giving it to Raven for fixing the thing, or I was going to give it to Indra for, like, everything Indra does, or I was thinking about maybe giving it to Gabriel for making all the antitoxin and... Uh, and destroying the flame. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it to Clark because she brought all the antitoxin to everybody. But I was like, oh, but wait, ever wait about what Clark did or did after that. Yeah. So not Clark, but I feel like there were a lot of MVPs this episode. I, I would have also given it to Indra if she had just, like, pulled the trigger piglet and got it over with. Oh, with, uh, that would have been... With Shade Hedda. She would have nailed it and brought yeah. it home and, like, home run, you know? If Indra had killed Shade Hedda, there is no question that she would have won. <laughs> And uh, my next segment is, did anyone mention Kane or Abby? No. No. Uh, who do you think I am? What, do you think they're going to say anything no. about Kane or Abby? I, I do feel like at some point in the next three episodes, Abby is either going to show up or be mentioned as part of, like, Clark's grand quest or whatever. And yeah. I don't know which option I'll hate more, mm -hmm. whether, like, she shows up or is mentioned or d isn't mentioned at all. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I don't want it. <laughs> I, I don't want it, and I do want it, because even if I get it, it's going to be bad. And I, it's just, okay. Okay. And who's Kane? <laughs> no one knows. Don't know. But, hey, check out my embroideries that are going to be going up of Abby and Kane. I'm quite proud of the designs. I think they look great. And, <laughs> true. Thanks. Also, just a uh, shout out to the little, little, like, father-like son moment of uh, Kane's death being immediately irrelevant and <laughs> Bellamy's death being immediately irrelevant. Did Bellamy even ever know that Kane died? I don't think so. I, well, maybe. He knows that Abby died, so okay. I guess he knows that Kane died. Right, maybe. So, whatever. Kane wasn't, hasn't been mentioned since he died, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, and what is Sam shipping the most this episode? Gosh, gosh, I just, I gotta say, Mervyn. Yay! <laughs> because Come in clutch with that Gabriel Josephine content, though, right? Eh? Oh, yeah. I deeply enjoyed the Jabr J Jabriel. 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 I mean, All right. Sure. Jo Josephine. <laughs> Gabe. Gabe Safine. <laughs> I, I, I liked that a lot. So they get my honorable mention. But uh, the, the characters that had the most interesting chemistry this week were Murphy and Raven. Hey! Uh, how many episodes since the last murder? Golly. Um, big ol' zero. Big zero today. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for our trailer reaction. There's a lot in this trailer. I rewatched it this morning because I've they I've only put, seen it the one time, so I'm excited. They put 57 different things in, uh, in the single frames in the last, uh, 10 seconds of it. So it's, it's something. Do we have a blurb for it? I don't know. I know that there is one. Oh, also, I think, is this the episode that Jessica directed? Yeah. So that's neat. Good for her. Like, even Abby's death, like, they played a montage of, like, everyone she ever loved. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Bellamy just got bonk, and that's it. <laughs> Bellamy, just like, goodbye. The blurb says, Jessica Harmon directs the episode. Clark and her friends reckon with all that has happened, only to find an unexpected threat looming. It's Shade Hedda. Spoiler alert. It's Shade Hedda. Or is it, like, Gaia? No. Okay. Okay, cool. Because Gaia in the, we're about to watch it, but yeah. in this, Gaia um, is very buddy-buddy with Octavia, which I enjoy because I uh, miss that relationship. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, three, two, one, play. What is it Welcome say? to the bunker. We meet again. Here's, uh, here's that rock you guys never figured out how to use the whole time you were down there. 
There's no place like home. BC forests. <laughs> lose anyone else. Unless you kill them. Oh yeah, they really went off. Uh, they went off on that bit at the end. All right, here we go. So next Wednesday, thank God, I really don't want another hiatus. Just let's just rip that bandaid off, it. okay? So it's them. They're in the bunker. Clark is standing up. Sure. It's May dark because the lights aren't on. Get may we meet you again out of your mouth. Just stop it. There's so this Clark is basically says, just everybody listening. Clark says everyone we care about is here, and I'm like, yeah, because you killed the only other person that anyone cared like about. Oh, they're dead bodies, um. <laughs> <laughs> or like they're they're souls or like their uh like their auras their feelings no they mean like they're the live people who are here. oh <laughs> <laughs> i was like everybody your mom died over there but okay <laughs> it's like yeah so um this is clark and maddie in the oh yeah i guess you can see like uh, an oh yeah they're still building in the back in so like, is, is this polis i guess this is them walking out of the bunker because if so like those trees are very How large long in a place has that it they have been? been okay okay here's my other thing though is that Earth is a... Okay. So how long was Murphy... Was Monty wanting to wait? It was like 10 years? He waited 10 years. 10 years and it didn't happen. So then they kept going and they went for like 150 years or something, right? Yeah. He waited 10 years and then he like... It took him 30 years, I think, to actually break the code right. and plot the course or whatever. Right. And then they end up spending 100 years in space travel. Mm -hmm. And so 125 years later, they wake up at Sanctum. I don't think that Earth goes any... Faster or slower than Sanctum or Bardo, at least not very much, because Gaia still looks like Gaia, and all of our all of our friends still look like themselves, right? So the night that they were all in Sanctum, if it went as fast as Penance, they'd all be dead by now. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the time dilation cannot be that off. So it must have been around 160 years. Those trees are very tall for 160 years, especially if over 30, it took them over 30 years for it to have, for the world to even be okay. And this is, this is even if we're at Polis in this situation, this is, um, right. This is an area of city growth yeah. that like after the first apocalypse never recovered. Right. And then after the second apocalypse never recovered. Right. And then after the third apocalypse is fine. Mm -hmm. I don't... Sure. Why? Okay. There wouldn't even have been dirt here. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, Earth. And who who's Clark with there? Just Maddie and Raven? Looks like it. Then the we see the anomaly going up again. Which is, I'm I'm assuming, Shade Hedda dialing in and is like, hello. I'm just like, how would Shade Hedda know the... Like, like if there's it's no, in Maddie's book. I, I find it hard to believe that, at, that Maddie would know the... The codes, Maddie doodled though. the phone number because she remembered it. Sure, whatever. This is who is that? Maddie getting yoinked Maddie in a, getting yoinked. some kind of tunnel. I um, like this little uh, Octavia Gaia moment where they throw each other a sword in the death pit because uh -huh. that's fun. Yeah, that's where they are, isn't it? I think that's. I think that this shot of Gaia and Octavia, and then they show another angle with Indra, is the three of them gearing up for Shade Hedda coming through. Okay. But clearly he somehow gets past them, I think, mm -hmm. because he gets Bro, he you gets got to stabbed. Mad. Just die. Just just die. Just do it. So this is Clark. She looks distressed. Um, this is Shade Hedda. Shade Hedda with a knife. Die, sir. Threatening please. Maddie. And there's Octavia. Doesn't want to lose anybody else. Okay. Clark, the only way you're going to lose anyone else is if you just kill them like you just did. Like, okay, then, sure. Then we see Maddie getting, like, hurt. She's either, like... Hearing something or getting attacked by Shade Hedda, I don't know. So I guess the anomaly goes straight into the murder pit, which is funny. Yeah, I think that's hilarious that that's where it pops you out. Yeah. 
Because we still don't know where the stone room is in the bunker because we never came across it in the bunker because this is a made up plot line. Yeah. Um, and now we see Shade Hedda in one of the Bardo helmets. So I guess he took it off of someone, I guess. Maybe the person who... One of those dead guys. I would love to see him pick up that actual head that... And just pull the head out. No, no, no. Not even pull the head out. Just go, whonk. Like... (laughs) Just just shake it. Just shake it so it falls out the bottom. Oh, gross. What do we got here? Oh, Clark yelling, Maddie. So this is... That's one of the helmets, isn't it? He throws the helmet off or somebody gets it off of him. Okay. That's a knife. What do you have? This is them fighting. I think this is Indra and... Shade had a fighting in the death pit. Oh and my god, we, we got another, another shot. shot of Clark crying. Like, I think that's from last it's, episode. It's the one that we were just talking about. Okay. <laughs> so this is a shot of Jordan and Hope's arms around Jordan. Compulsory heterosexuality needs to stop. Both I want this to be a hug or she like fell down and he like grabbed her or something. Yeah. If they kiss, I'm gonna throw up. It's disgusting. I hate it. I'm not, I'm not here to... Those are children. Yuck on anybody's yum. You know, like, I'm not here to be like, uh, your ship is bad. Like, that's not my thing. It's just that, like, to to me, we have seen both of these characters as babies in this show. We have seen them both as babies. And they, they both rapidly grew up without us watching. So in our heads, they're still babies. So I don't want to see these two babies making out. Thank you. No, it's just, ugh. Oh, God. Also, Jordan, didn't Delilah, like, just die? Also, like, why, why do we need this? They've spent maybe in a day together. Yeah. Are you supposed to, are you telling me that that hug in solitary confinement before means they're in love now? Stop it. We don't need, we don't need it. <laughs> and then we get a shot of Murphy and Amori and, okay, so is this where the baby's conceived? Because <laughs> we, we keep stopping it from happening. Then we have Maddie... They make it look like Gaia is about to attack Maddie, but I'm assuming that it's Shade Hedda and Gaia is protecting Maddie. It's okay. Okay, sure. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you know what? That was what it was. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. (laughs) Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can just give it those little stars. That would be great. Um, But if you don't want to do that, hey, recommend us to a friend. That's almost more helpful. Yeah. Uh, If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. We've covered every single episode that exists. It is a delight. It is the junk food of television. Please go enjoy some candy. If you watch from the beginning, or if you listen to us from the beginning, uh, we didn't like season one. Um, But it's because we didn't get that it was supposed to be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, We have done all of season one and all of season two, and we are starting season three, which I'm really excited about because I really love season three, Um, and it is spoiler-free until a spoiler section at the end, so if you haven't seen it before, you can listen along with us. I would literally love that. Please feel free to tell me all of your thoughts if you're watching for the first time. Thank you. It's one of life's great joys to be with people while they watch for the first time. (laughs) If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that show, too. We have covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard. Uh, we have a roundtable for that as well. And uh, hopefully Brittany and I will have some more content for you in the future on that feed. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, we've done all of season one. We're almost done season two. We're taking up all of 2021 to do season three. Hopefully by then we will have some season four to talk about. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, and YouTube. Mostly on Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards and they're delightful so go give her a reblog on tumblr yeah our patreon is patreon.com slash the if you like what we do here please consider donating because oof 
It is expensive. Um, like I said, at any tier, starting at $1, you can get early access to all of the podcasts. Um, I feel like you're going to want those for these next few episodes, personally. Um, <laughs> at $5 or more, you get 10% off at shoppylux.com. But even if you don't have 10% off, go check out shoppylux.com. That's another way that you can help us monetarily um, and also get something really cool out of it. Uh, but if you can't do any of those things, also, okay, recommend us to a friend. That's the main thing. If I could... If I could nail home anything you can recommend us to a friend you can follow me on twitter at, at sam casey's which is s-a-m-c-a-s-e-y-s i uh i talk a lot about sci-fi that isn't bad <laughs> and you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere um probably just for like hot takes about this and then <laughs> riverdale and then lost yeah and then and then just my life yeah sometimes cat pictures mm. yeah so our next episode is episode 714 it's called a sort of homecoming great why don't just call it homecoming whatever <laughs> okay love you bye okay love you bye